0: Support for the LaserTime Time Network is brought to you by Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, so join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Better yet, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code LaserTime. One word at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with your code LASERTIME. Manscaped, your balls will thank you. Bridget Jones slams her diary in West Craven screams for this week on 302010.
1: 302010, 302010. Three decades, every show's a Associated Videos.
2: 302010.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 302010, the Laser Time Network's weekly pop culture time machine. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. We're about to take you on a big old journey through three decades. Uh, hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista, who else is with me?
3: I'm Diana Goodman, and I'm on a private jet sponsored by Target for some reason. <laughs>
4: It's me, Sarah, and this week we get to talk about one of the best situation comedies that nobody knows about, oh. and I am so excited. Oh,
0: Ooh. Uh, that's my bush was last week.
3: Please, this <laughs> the people who know this one love it, and I can't wait to talk about it. I think it's the one we got a bunch of messages that were basically, "This is coming up, and you better not fucking skip it." And I'm like, you know what? I got okay. it covered, y'all. Okay, gonna... I heard you. Now, Pokemon Three, the movie, we skipped.
0: <laughs> so we got a message Fair. about
3: that too, and it's like you know what we would have said. Mm-hmm. Pokemon Three, the movie came out. Moving on.
0: Where so... where were you notified on that? The 3ds Swap Note, or some <laughs> other way a, cho- a child sends a message. Come on, people, oh, you're adults. God, it's
3: t- twenty years ago. Oh my bad. Love Pokemon and Swap
0: Come... Note is long closed. I just wanted to make a good yeah. Swap Note. I did a whole 3ds thing on Video uh, Game Apocalypse last week. Speaking of, this show is brought to you by Patreon.com/LazerTime, where many fine people like you help support us. And In exchange, we try and give you some free shows. I've right, talked to the Video Game Apocalypse Boys and Chris Baker. We will be recording a brand new 302010 Game Edition, so stay tuned for that. Is that going to be the
3: 3DS of Palooza, or have you already done that? And I missed no,
0: him? it's not that, but it is, it is going to have a lot of Marvel stuff that um, that Chris Baker worked on. So I will tease that a little bit. Patreon.com slash Time. That Dan Amrick interview is live and one of the most fun things that I've listened to more than any fan of the show will ever have to. Always a delight. Go check that out there. Check out Erotic Thrillers. I'm done plugging stuff. 30 2010. We're going to take you on a journey across three decades, but all within the week of April 9th to the 15th. That means 1991, 2001, and 2011. 30, 20, and 10 years ago. Get it? Good. You're caught up with the show. How do we start this one? Book news. We got book news. Pulitzer Prize for Drama goes to Lost in Yonkers by Neil Simon. And the Pulitzer Prize for Fiction goes to Rabbit at Rest by John Updike, a man whose name has been canceled.
4: (laughs) Yeah, I read... I think I read almost all the rabbit series. There's three main rabbit books by John Updike and then one novella that was published in 2001. Um, But this was like, I think the last like real novel, but it's a classic for a reason. Mm -hmm. It definitely falls into the category of old white men, novelists with a capital N novelist, like the great white American male writers. What a time to kind
0: be alive, like... the 50s. <laughs> yeah,
4: but um, I remember really liking the Rabbit series. I have not revisited them in a while, uh, but it follows the story of a guy named Harry Angstrom, who in his middle name, his um, nickname is Rabbit, and it kind of follows his life from when he's high school, like throughout his young life it, up into middle age. And what it's like to be like a white upper middle class male
3: Throughout the
0: twentieth uh, century, uh, we love baseball. <laughs>
3: Sometimes they're unhappy and unfulfilled. Oh, who knew?
0: Weird. <laughs> I
4: mean, I, I like John Updike a lot. I like John Irving a little bit more. They're kind of the same people, though, in general. They write really well, really beautiful books, but also very singular in their perspective, which Mm -hmm. you can't really blame them for, but you know.
0: And I saw Lost in Yonkers, um, the movie that'll be out in two years with Mm -hmm. Richard Dreyfuss and Mercedes Rule. And I feel nothing. Mercedes rules. Mercedes rules. <laughs> she I does. I love her. Say that yeah. as I dump your books. Also, in the news this week, uh, Kitty Kelly publishes Nancy Reagan, colon, the unauthorized biography, where she reveals Nancy's uh, reliance on astrology, an affair with Frank Sinatra, and terrible relationship with her kids and stepkids, including allegations of hitting them. Oh, that's cute. Though. Wait a minute.
4: What? what? Oh, Nancy Reagan?
3: Is not this perfect angel? I, she actually I was know,
4: kind of an right?
0: asshole. She was yeah, married no. to Jesus.
3: What you got to take it all with some grains of salt because Kitty Kelly just wrote gossip mongery books. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they are true. just any bit of gossip that someone maybe heard somewhere. A lot of it is un- unverified. The two big things that came out of it was the that that she slept with Frank Sinatra and the astrology, which some of that had come out. During the presidency, Mm -hmm. uh, that she was really into astrology and that she pushed Ron (laughs) to make Actual decisions based on stuff that her astrologers. Well, said. he
0: was really into the other A word, Alzheimer's. But These are things that happen in the Reagan administration.
3: I mean, it's true. Yeah, I actually was in a
4: used bookstore the other day and there was a biography by their astrologer. It was like, oh, my, my Life gosh. with Nancy or whatever. And it was like the astrologer had written a book about her whole deal Ooh. with it. Pretty awesome.
0: I mean, it explains a lot more of their policies. That, that is that right? Some, yeah, is not, yeah. Conservatism just doesn't do it justice. Yeah.
4: It, if only they had a psychic to show them that oh, trickle-down does not work.
0: You're saying an octopus yep. pointed at a map, and that's why you created a homeless problem that would play this for 40 more years? <laughs> Thanks, Reagan. Yep.
3: And I like when you take all these things together and you think about, what's the Reagan that you've like seen the most recently? And it's probably Ron Jr., because he's spokesman for like the yep. was that American Atheist Atheists Association. <laughs> yes. It's like, yep, combine them all. I hate my stepmom. I hate astrology.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was fuck all y'all. I was remembering that because I think this week Hunter Biden's talking on Mark Maron's podcast, uh-huh. and I was uh-huh. trying to think of something else like that. And it was Ron Reagan when his dad was president. He's like, I'm gonna be the editor in chief of Playboy and host SNL, and really. Kind of thumb my nose to my father the entire time.
3: Yep. Like, he, was, he danced ballet for a while. Yeah, he's an outspoken atheist. It was like he was trying to piss off his dad as hard as possible. And yeah. I think he succeeded.
0: Yeah, me too. Even though he cannot...
3: I, Maybe if he married a gay black man, oh, be that would have.
0: great. Boom. Now you've gone too or, far. Now no. he reaches for the button. He married a <laughs>
3: Japanese auto executive. <laughs> 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 Suck it, dad.
0: I'm going to uh, oh goodness I'm not doing the Reagan impressions. (laughs) That's good one. Let's close it on Diana's joke. Moving into movies of 1991, April 9th through the 15th, Class of Nukem High Two: Subhumanoid Meltdown with Brick Bronsky and Lisa Gay. God, I wish I could have had time to fucking watch this. Uh,
1: Well, I mean, it's
3: another trauma, but it's the second of five. Yeah, I did not know there were so many Newcomb Highs.
0: I just trauma. I, I was reminded if you that if you watch that blockbuster documentary which Lloyd Kaufman is a wonderful prick in. He's like, Ooh. Do you expect me to talk lovingly about Blockbuster, a movie organization who did not help us at all and in any way hurt us? No, I'm not going to do I'm not going to be nostalgic for this venture even slightly. I think it, it no this wasn't the one where they have a shootout inside of a uh, video store but yeah, where are all the trauma movies? Are they still all like, come on to YouTube? I hope they're doing okay, because it's never been a particularly easy to get trauma movies. And this is the one I wanted to watch the most, but you know, there's real work that had to be done <laughs> in 30, 2010. Yeah. Such as The Object of Beauty, which I couldn't love more if... No, I'm, uh, I did not watch the John Malkovich, Andy McDowell, and Lolita Davidovich movie, The Object of Beauty.
3: Yeah, I couldn't find it. And I was kind of curious because it got like really good reviews. And Mm. it's an interesting idea. And it's directed by Michael Lindsay Hogg, who I know entirely from. He filmed all the Beatles music videos and worked with the Rolling Stones. And it's like he was he was like an early, you know, what they would call like musical short films. But he was like early music video guy. Mm. You know, he directed Let It Be. But it's about John Malkovich and Annie McDowell are like. I think they used to be rich and now they're just running up a tab in this hotel and trying to come up with a scam to get out of it. And that involves like, oh, they've got this one small statue that like they could sell and make some money. And then like it gets stolen and then they try to steal it back and insurance scammery. And, and it's like, this actually sounds kind of fun. And like, that's good. As you know, all the critics liked it as something 70 something percent Rotten Tomatoes. And could I find it? Fuck no, I couldn't find it. <laughs> huh. And that makes me grumpy.
0: Uh, well, you'll be happy to know Class of Newcomb High Part 2 Subhumanoid Meltdown is free on Prime. So, go, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, good joy. There's a silver lining to that shitty cloud. Sorry, Object of Beauty. What about Gillian Sands, Bernadette Peters, Mandy Patinkin, Hugh Grant, Judy Davis, and Impromptu. God, this sounds proper. Except oh, wait, it's not. It's not. Oh, goodness. And that's why it's fun. Join the most outrageous artists of the 19th century
3: for a rendezvous in the country.
2: Did you these are the great geniuses of our time, all gathered together in our home. They are a gang of parasites, my dear. And
1: George Simon rewards <laughs> the
2: charge. A whole fortnight amongst old aristocrats. How
0: appropriate!
2: Fortnight of free food, exquisite scenery, and all you have to be is brilliant at
0: dinner. <laughs> this sounds. This sounds splendid. <laughs> uh, what is this exactly?
3: This is. I, technically, it is a biopic about George Sand, who is actually a woman, that's a pen name, played by Judy Davis, and her many love affairs, including with Frederick Chopin, the composer, played by Hugh Grant, and her her crazy lifestyle at the time. Like, she smoked cigars and wore pants sometimes. Good
0: Lord, like, woman!
3: Oh, oh, oh Madame Sand, I am scandalized!
0: Oh, put a tent but, on that circus, oh my. <laughs> yeah,
3: but, I mean, really, it's a lot wackier than that because this is you know it's a very byronic kind of crew they're with all these like fancy artists and mm-hmm. like rich lady Emma Thompson who wants to like show how cultured she is invites them all to her house where they just fucking drink and run amok <laughs> and that's most of it yeah, yeah. that that makes up the be- the bulk of the movie right there I watched, <laughs> yeah I watched a
4: little bit of it unfortunately I wasn't exactly in the right mood for something like that I'm gonna try again when I have like a lazy saturday afternoon um Mm. but i mean it has everybody i love in it mandy patinkin come on bernadette peters Mm. two of the all-time greats in my opinion of stage and screen
3: yeah but it's it's fun because i mean it's obviously it's you know costumey because we're in the 19th century but it's also doesn't feel really stuffy like it's it's pretty It's pretty much a romp. It's mostly fun. It's all about like passion and love and art. And I didn't even like think about it until just now that it's kind of the reverse of like the classic romantic literature thing of like a man who is full of passion and romance and the woman who is so dainty and cough, cough. Oh, no, she's dying. (laughs) And like, that's kind of true. But the roles are reverse here. Where like Judy Davis is full of life. And Hugh Grant is like, oh, I am so ill all the time. (laughs) But I love music. Cough. So that's kind of fun. It's not yes. just the usual. So something different. And, and okay. we got uh, we got two decades of Hugh Grant this week.
2: Playing Ooh, very, wow.
3: very different parts. So yeah. that's fun too. Holy
0: to shit. Do. And again, I, th- I think we expressed this like a year ago. Hugh Grant's before America was really aware of Hugh Grant. Uh, that gonna yeah. be for another few years. Yeah. And but no,
3: impromptu is definitely is fun if you like, I don't know, costume dramas that aren't like costumey or dramas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. They're more silly.
0: And that will pair quite nicely with a <laughs> <laughs> with number one movie at the box office this week that every critic uh, and executive hated. It's my recommend of the week. One of them, anyway. <laughs> it's Jerry Orbach, William Forsythe, Steven Seagal. It's out for justice, people.
1: They were friends.
0: <laughs> ever since we was little.
1: Born on these streets. Yeah. One of us. Family. Now... After 15 years. Who would I ever thought that I would have become a
0: cop? Huh? They will play cops and robbers one more time. But this time. Richie got out of the car and just stepped up. Bang. It's no game. Three of his crew were with him. This is this is wonderful. <laughs> oh, brother. And it's it's wonderful because like I was even reading not one explosion, but also it's all real in New York. The only Steven Seagal movie—tons of them have claimed to be have been set in New York—they were not. This one is, and it's that—that that it's real fun of, to watch them run around Brooklyn. because it's mostly really Brooklyn, uh, except for scenes Steven Seagal was late to and had to be reshot because apparently he's a big giant dick. Everyone knows that now.
4: We'll talk about that more next week.
0: Yes, it's it's Steven Seagal uh, coming back to the neighborhood he pretends to be from in press releases, but very much <laughs> is not, and his accent is reflective of that. Steven Seagal claimed I, I, to be from Brooklyn for a very long time before oh we had IMDb, God. and he was he's from Michigan. He's also wow. not Italian, but claim- he plays a lot of Italians, including Gino in this movie.
3: <laughs> uh, you can't claim to be from Detroit then, like they have yeah. mean streets. Come exactly. on. Yeah.
0: Well, that he doesn't know does he he's not the most cultured man unless you're talking Japanese stuff which he will outdo most people listening. He can speak the language and recreate mm. several of the martial arts including right. the wonderfully fake akido. Haya. Oh my god, he moved to the side and I flipped 900 times. You got to watch his Russian meets. <laughs> They're the best. But this movie is is uh, tons of fun though. Tons of fun.
3: Yeah, it is a big dumb cop movie that is it's just like, it's so many cliches. It is another one of these. It's like, this is just a scene from 30 Rock, isn't yeah, it? it? It's,
0: <laughs> it's, it's is like, a, it's like,
3: how but that... it is And Jerry Orbach totally. He feels like he's Briscoe. He's just wandered in from law and order. <laughs> like I love you, it. There's it's a bunch of Polaroids guy.
0: that there's a bunch of Polaroids that feel appear throughout the film. And Jerry Orbach has three lines in the movie. I'm like, is he going to reveal himself as the Polaroid picture taker? Because why is he even here? And he, uh, spoiler, he never does. It's very straightforward. It is, a fucking child's view of what the mafia is and does because the main villain is a guy from the mafia getting high on his own supply, starts smoking crack and literally just shooting people in the street to, you know, rise up good for business. It doesn't make, it makes no fucking sense. Like why this guy is doing any of this. And, uh, it's, it's the mafia sent after him. And Steven Seagal's Gino, a hardened cop, wears a beret to relax. He's the worst.
1: Ooh.
0: <laughs> well,
4: now you have my attention. <laughs>
0: He's the worst. But but like in terms of like really fun violence, dude, this is really fun. Like I, I got to watch the the guy with the biggest mullet I have seen in thirty years get most of its teeth knocked out with a billiard ball wrapped in a bar napkin. It was fucking great. Ooh. There's some fantastic. Sequences of violence here, and like most of it, very little. Like not as much gunplay, but like hand to hand. The same, the same ratio we were talking about with erotic thrillers—about three to five titties uh, per (laughs) movie—and that's how many fight scenes you get.
4: Three
0: to five. It depends. It depends on the angle.
4: Two odd numbers. So, <laughs> someone's titty is hanging out in the cold. Oh, I thought they were like alone. jeans.
0: I thought they were automatically a pair just by by. Okay, I'm unless I'm we're intrigued.
4: talking about Total Recall, <laughs> obviously. Ah.
0: Total Recall throws everything for a loop, but uh,
4: throws off the average.
0: Yeah, this no. like it's a movie shot in New York. It is it is violence on the level you may not see for a while uh, in terms because it like. I've seen people throw knives and shit through people, but this is like mostly stuff you find around a bar, bludgeoning people to death or permanent impairment. It's fun.
1: Hmm.
0: It is fun. <laughs> Steven Seagal's accent is stupid. It's wonderfully dated. Ugh. It's it to me. This is the best Steven Seagal movie I've ever seen. Uh, for justice. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. wow. Yeah. It's still a five yeah. out of ten, but it's it's yeah. the best when I've I saw ever seen.
4: This- when I saw this coming up on the list, I thought, you know what? I think my husband and auntie Sto will cover this. So I'm going to, how did you know I'd get
0: in a fight with my girlfriend? Hey, can we watch <laughs> this Steven Seagal? Movie? I got to get the <laughs> fuck out of here. But that was, it was perfect for that. It was one of the best nights I've had in a while. Cause Sam and I haven't been able to like watch a movie inside in over a fucking year.
3: Mm-hmm. But- and I was not there. Mm-hmm. So really made it extra great. Mm-hmm. Nice. Is this like the most actual movie Steven Seagal ever made too?
0: Most actual it doesn't, movie. Doesn't,
3: yeah, yeah this feels like a real movie that, like, another actor could be in, and you'd be like, oh, okay, it's a good movie. Yeah, whatever. Under Siege. Except for Under Siege, okay, you're That's right. That's like Siege. a real, real
4: movie, from That's like understand. a real movie. Yeah.
3: yeah. But, like... So many of these things, they, they just feel like really dumb vehicles. It's like mm-hmm. this was a script, and then they dumbed it down by like okay. 80%, and then they put Steven Seagal in. It's Maybe like barely I mean, a movie.
0: There's, there's two- You say
4: you say they dumb it down, but come on. One of those movies did include the line, I'm going to take you to the bank, the oh blood money. bank. <laughs> one of the <laughs> best lines to ever be uttered
3: on film.
0: Uh, uh, he, said, he said it about William Sadler. That makes it even better.
3: Yeah. And he said it to himself. Alone
0: in a hotel room. (laughs)
3: Look, I know that
4: feeling, okay? When you're by yourself and you come up with a really good zinger and nobody's there to hear it. Uh,
3: I know how that feels. It's terrible. uh, That's tough. (laughs) That's real tough.
0: Yeah. uh, But again, this movie, if you have to... When Steven Seagal dies and you want to tell your 13-year-old, who was Steven Seagal? I recommend this film. Otherwise... Don't pay for it. It's not on HBO Max, despite being a Warner Brothers movie. It's licensed. I'm guessing it's been sold all over the place because the uh, internet loves the man. But yeah, we rented it. Ton of fun. It was like a buck ninety nine on Google. Out for justice. I can't I could recommend a lot of things more actually. Let's move into television. <laughs> <laughs> Seinfeld, the statue. Can I, I Which... apropos of nowhere else to put this, Sarah and I were talking about the Seinfeld DVDs a while back. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they are the best produced DVDs ever.
4: Mm. Oh my gosh,
0: yes! And like every single episode has a at least a mini documentary made out of it, if not a twenty minute to full length documentary made mm-hmm. out of it.
1: Oh.
0: I have found that most of them are on YouTube for the last three days. That is what I listen to while I walk. Um, oh, that's like fun. walk the dog. I listen to Seinfeld yeah. documentaries.
4: From What's really 10 years good too ago. is. For, I haven't watched through the entire DVD series, mm-hmm. but from what can I can tell, most of the di- of the episodes have a pop up video yeah. sort of situation also going on where they like Ooh. explain references or do little factoids about like you know what was going on that's in that scene or who wrote the joke or whatever, which is just I absolutely love because I love pop up video and to combine it with Seinfeld is like two of my favorite things. Yeah, it won, a, it
0: won awards <laughs> back when DVDs. Won semi serious awards from prestigious mm-hmm. uh, magazine outlets. I remember Entertainment sure. Weekly gave this the DVD of the year. It's Seinfeld DVD of the year. They wait. They took their. They took their time. It took like mm-hmm. seven years of DVD them. Anyway. But I'm baffled for some reason as to what episode this is, the statue. The statue. So here's this week on the 11th of uh, April.
4: This isn't one of the ones that you consider one of the classics, but it's definitely one that in my family was kind of considered a classic because uh, the, the storyline is that Jerry inherits some of his dead grandfather's possessions. And one of the possessions is a statue that George thinks is the same statue that he got in trouble with uh, when he was a kid. By breaking, so he wants to have it so that he can give it to his parents to make up for that. Um, but then the other storyline that's going on is that Elaine is editing a book for a woman, and she's wants that woman's husband to clean Jerry's apartment, and he's like the best house cleaner Jerry's ever had. And we talk about this a lot because. I just love this little clip that I pulled because it combines two big Jerry traits, which is his persnicketiness about, like, cleanliness, and then also his enjoyment of comic book heroes and comic book lore, and they kind of come together in this clip.
0: Hey, he really did an amazing job. Look, he uncoagulated the top of the dishwashing lid.
2: He cleaned out the bottom of the little egg cups. Come here, look at this.
0: He cleaned in the little one-inch area between the refrigerator and the counter.
1: How would he get in there? He must be like Rubberman.
0: There's no Rubberman. Why did La- I think there was a Rubberman? It's a plastic man. Plastic. Man. I'm leaving. I'm in. I, I could not help myself from saying out loud it's it's plastic and elastic man. They're, yeah, I'm in. Mean, come on, yeah, Jared. Cool.
3: But me, me just Or Mr. Fantastic.
0: He's a DC guy. He would never know Mr. Fantastic.
4: I <laughs> I felt like me knowing one fact that there's no elastic man, I would always shove that in your face if you said <laughs> plastic man. There's, there's <laughs> like, no rubber yeah, man.
0: Good. There is an elastic man. And then you, there, I'm sorry. you, you failed even in your examples, Harry. I'm that's the worst. Why it would never but happen.
4: One of my favorite things, too, is as they're leaving. Jerry makes a big deal about how he cleaned the little peephole with Windex. Like
0: <laughs> it's so great. That's why I don't like cleaning. Cause that's the only way I know how to do it. Tiny. Yeah. Like, well to every detail it's, mm. it's hard for me to stop mm. until like everything is super clean. So I tend to do it like really like once every three weeks or month, a big detailed mm. clean. Otherwise it's just like, uh can I walk over this garbage? It stays. And I'm, I'm really pissed. Cause like I, I looked at this doc a little late today. I didn't dig more into this, but then, uh, and one of the things I really like is when somebody comes to host SNL who is technically from an SNL rival, and Catherine mm. O'Hara comes to host SNL with musical guest Rem, R E M. And I'm, Ooh. yeah. And I, I've, so
3: many of my favorite things, yeah. right?
0: I don't remember having seen this one. The monologue is online, uh, but when you try and search for it, you get come up with mostly how Catherine O'Hara was an SNL cast member for an hour or a day mm-hmm. and then mm. either quit or got fired, but it was a mutual agreement to not do that, not be yet another SETV defector. But when people from like a Living Color and SETV come to host SNL, I usually get really interested. Like,
4: Well, it's fun because you can kind of... Relax a little bit because you know it's going to be good. You know they're going to get it. You know that they're going to understand like what they're doing here. So it almost gives you as like an audience member like, all right, I'm going to watch a professional do this instead of Mm -hmm. being like concerned when you see like Charles Barkley. (laughs) Like, (laughs) is he gonna is he gonna do this okay?
1: But but nowadays,
3: my big fear is she's going to do something from SCTV and no one's going to get it, and I'm going to feel really bad. Like if she starts doing Lola Heatherton, and I'm going to laugh, but no one in the audience is laughing because they're philistines
0: that that might happen because that 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 has happened on snl several times the mm-hmm. Monty Python parrot sketch with its original cast members done line for line to nothing on SNL, yeah. and I was one of those people like, "What the fuck? I don't know what this is. I'm, I have not seen Monty Python sketch yet." Uh, I know, but but like now you think of it, like when Chappelle hosted the first time, they just brought back all his Chappelle show cast members. That mm-hmm. would be amazing. So every, I hope every fucking sketch performer from any show gets to eventually host SNL because it's, it can be an afterlife for your characters. Not that yeah, I'm ready for.
4: Catherine mm. O'Hara to host again. I yeah, mean, it, hell yeah!
0: Because like, you, I, I watched Dan Levy host just because mm-hmm. I knew Eugene Levy would pop up because he'd never been on the show before, mm. and sure enough, he did in a COVID mm. bubble um, <laughs> during the <laughs> monologue. Eugene, I was like, yes, I'm seeing Eugene Levy on the on Studio 8H. It's fucking great. And yeah, Catherine. her monologue is on YouTube. You can see that there. I believe that's the only sketch oh. you can see from that episode. Again, apologies. And SNL, despite being fully available on Peacock, doesn't have all its episodes up, let alone all the sketches. If there is one second of copywritten music before 2004, it's... The sketch is just gone forever, essentially.
1: Mm-mm.
0: Lastly, this week on television, 1991, the 9th to the 15th of April, the CBS movie, Absolute Strangers, starring Henry Winkler, Patty Duke, uh, Richard Kylie, and Audrey Audrey Lindley?
4: Audrey Lindley, yeah. Audra Lindley. I, I mean, we are, in 1991, we are in the era of TV movies. So I... I yeah. I definitely look every single one up that I come across, but I don't pull them all because there's too many of them to talk about. I do like the ones that are based on true stories, though, because courtroom courtroom controversies and that kind of stuff, it's completely perfect for a TV movie sort of treatment. And this is one of them, Absolute Strangers. It's Harry Winkler coming back to TV for the first time in almost a decade. Like,
3: but it's based on the true story of a. What had he been
0: doing? Like, like PC games. He wasn't in movies, was he? (laughs) Hanging
3: out with his giant piles of funds, money, money. and directing. Yeah, that's right. And Mm. feuding with Tom Hanks.
0: That's true, as (laughs) we all know. But uh,
4: yeah, go ahead and play the promo, and then we'll see if that explains it enough.
1: His family was shattered by tragedy. She's in a deep coma. You know that she's pregnant? He had to make a decision. This is a traumatic matter. This is to save her life. Now, strangers have vowed to stop him. Who are these people? Henry Winkler, Patty Duke, and Carl Malden. What do you want, Absolute strangers, Sunday. Whoa. A right to live so,
4: It's dramatic. So, mm-hmm. There's health issues, but what is it about? I will tell you. This, it's the story of this husband and his wife. They got into a car accident. She went into a kind of a coma and she was pregnant at the time. And he had to make the this decision to abort the fetus in order to help her recover from this tragic, like, head trauma that she had. Because um, the doctors were telling her, I'm like, look, this is going to help her, like, come out of this. And so they're – Of course, some anti-abortion activists who did not know them, did not know Absolute strangers. Damn. Absolute (sighs) strangers had nothing to do with them. Tried to get a court order to stop that abortion from happening. You
0: mustn't. We have none of the context. And no, no one here Mm -hmm. (laughs) have no jurisdiction.
4: (laughs) You mustn't, though. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah. Pretty uh, pretty interesting. I actually didn't look too much into the underlying court case. I kind of want to do more of that because... Wild and also Shades of Terry Shivo. Um, mm. but of course, there got there was a huge outrage from the American Family Association to mm. try to stop this from airing and get advertisers to pull their advertising. Okay. But
3: yeah, I was thinking this is really controversial subject matter, yeah, right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, besides. You know, the it, it being about abortion, but it's also like, but it's people making a decision for her because she can't make a decision at this time. But what what would she would have wanted if she were, right. you know, uh, conscious and could make a decision? And mm-hmm. yeah, who has? What about what about that fetus's right? What about her family? What does her family have to say versus what her mm-hmm. husband has to say? I'd have oh, to see the man. fetus's
0: taxes. I, look, I, it's it's yeah, it's what it just, sounds. It,
3: it's this seems like a third rail that I'm really surprised they even bothered.
0: Right? Because like, it seems like there's
3: right to die in there too. There's just just too many controversial things. Every time just I no
0: hear word. an an asshole <laughs> anti-trans person talk about like, well, "What about sports?" I'm like, I don't care about that. That shouldn't impede any. That should like we should not make a rule based on the silliest fucking thing that may or may not ever happen. And this this yeah. scenario, an absolute stranger sounds like. Yeah, this is not a common scenario. Why don't we? No. why So, when we're, we're ruling on abortion or another person's right to choose, maybe we don't factor this exact scenario into it because we're not going to encounter it every decade. Maybe, not
4: this maybe exact even less. scenario. But definitely the idea that, I mean, abortion to save the life of a mother the- is one of those exceptions that always comes up. And it's always like, what does that mean exactly? I mean, I'm glad these conversations are happening in 1991. I wish these conversations were not continuing now. I wish this was all subtle <laughs> law. And it's a bad country. We had <laughs> free abortions on demand. But you know what? We'll get there.
0: Yeah. They're, they're, I don't let's, know. Let's fingers cross for a sponsor next week. And
3: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we'll
0: see. Full plan,
3: <laughs> if Planned Parenthood starts sponsoring us, then I'm going to get mad at them for wasting their money.
0: We're already maybe clients. Maybe you should
3: all send we're- me fewer than three three letters a month, yes. and maybe you shouldn't be wasting your money on podcasts.
0: I'm already a client. And <laughs>
3: <laughs> we will take all the money from the American Family Association, though. So oh, please, yeah. <laughs> come yeah. sponsor us. You'll love yeah, it. let's. That's what we need to start doing. Let's go to like focus on the family and tell them about how we have this great podcast about the good old days and
0: right, what right. it
3: means to really be an American family. And
0: but also we have they a,
3: just blow all their money on weed.
0: We have a Planned Parenthood Gay sponsorship because Chris refuses to play for pay for diaphragms and <laughs> 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 diaphragms
4: <laughs> sponges. <laughs>
0: Uh, there are like almost no games to speak of, hence that side sideshow we just did. But there are there's plenty of music uh, to talk about. New releases in 1991 for uh, April 9th to 15th. We got Brotherhood by the Doobie Brothers. Oh. Yamo be there. Yeah, um, back <laughs> together. Self-titled by uh, Latour and self-titled by Temple of the Dog, which would be reissued a year later once all these people involved in the album, while well, the grunge hits and the label realizes they have, they were handed a Pearl Jam Soundgarden crossover album. It is incredibly <laughs> bizarre. I never want to hear anything from this album again, but uh, <laughs> it was... Uh,
3: yeah, it was like I, I wanted to play it now, and it's like it doesn't make sense this early yeah. in 1991.
0: Two but years by from now, it'll be on the radio. 91,
3: it'll be like, oh, right. Yeah. A year after this, where mm-hmm. it's like, this comes back out and it's like, what? Oh, my God. It's like Pearl Jam and Soundgarden are together and they're singing about their friend from this other band that died.
0: And they're both starving. Like, Sorry, and that's they're a specific going hungry. Song. Yeah.
3: Going hungry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. I like that song. It's I got know. six words, but I love it.
0: I know. Well, I'm off. We got to take a little break to go steal some bread. And but we're going to close out with I've Been Thinking About You by London Beat I know exactly what this song is
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah again you can't put Temple of the Dog out yet because this is the sort of thing that's popular still we're
0: we still like there's some droplets of the 80s coming off of our decade shower body and you gotta just get, flick get this out of there all oh, these 80s they're all over me
1: <laughs> about you oh <laughs> <So>
0: my god <laughs> we're going to close out Why does that sound like Michael McDonald? Because he was in the segment too. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, All right. Y'all will stick around. We will be right back. (laughs)
2: Oh, Chris. Oh, Matt. People might not know this about us, but we are two hairy, ape-like human beings. We just got a lot of hair.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Antista, listen to that name. I am a little baby gorilla.
2: And that means we've especially got a lot of hair down there. But they also don't know. I personally love a freshly shorn scrotum. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm a huge proponent. Of manscaping, and there is no reason not to do it. It is wonderfully hygienic. You can get way more days out of your underwear. Your partner will thank you. And once again, if you can trim back the tree line, it makes it look like you own more property.
2: Well, sure. But here's the thing. It can be kind of a harrowing experience trimming the hair down there. There's bobs and bits and just there's too much that could go wrong, leading to some unsightly nicks or even... A medical emergency. Many a time I thought I had things under control when they quickly headed south while I was trimming down south. And let me tell you, Chris, <laughs> it hurts.
0: It not only hurts, not to be indelicate, but blood doesn't clot on some of those malleable pieces of flesh very well. Right. It just keeps bleeding.
2: That's why I was so excited when our latest sponsor, Manscaped, reached out to us. In fact, I was downright giddy. you see me wearing the Manscaped shirt right now? I'm like a walking mm-hmm. billboard for Manscaped, but... I would be even if I took this shirt off, because I recently did a little manscaping of my own using their patented lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created with the lawnmower 3.0. That's way more than Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hour rule to become an expert. These guys are like savants <laughs> of ball trimming, Chris.
0: Yes, I have tried every technique. I've been manscaping for 20 years. The best thing I've been able to come up with before Manscaped, before a tool expressly crafted uh, for, you know, trimming back the nether regions, was either a lighter or a <laughs> razor that had been so dulled it would cut me less. So I would use a razor on my face for like five months just to get it dull enough to not cut my genitals in half. It, I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm, I've been dying for this product for a long time
2: that is going to just put you in a bad place, but Manscapes, their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. None of that dull blade lighter business you're talking about. I don't even know what you're doing there. That, That sounds dangerous. That was mostly for the chest hair, but like Manscaped, yeah dude, you can use this on your chest hair too. Sure. By the way, when I tell you this is a premium trimmer, I mean premium. The battery life can last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. That is a lot of bushwhacking, a ninety-minute <laughs> shave session.
0: Yeah, that is like a like a George the Animal Steel level of <laughs> manscapery. But but it should never take any of us that long. And I, I'm telling you, they probably tested it on hairy people like me.
2: Well, Chris, they have waterproof technology that even <gasps> allows you to groom in the shower. Forget shower wow. beers. We're all about them shower balls, baby.
0: No, my girl likes to watch me do this in the rain. It's a really weird (laughs) fetish of (laughs) hers.
2: One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. I mean, we all need as much light as we can get when trimming the hair down there. That is not something you want to do blindly. Trust me on that one. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. (laughs) There we go, there we go. And let's not forget about the charging stand, Chris. You got to show off your mower loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. That's right. USB, you can literally plug this bad boy in at your computer workstation, go to town on your lunch break. Now look, I'm not saying do this when we're all back in the office. This is definitely kind of a work from home only situation, but who's going to know?
0: Sometimes for me, it's like cutting the goatee on a basset hound. There's a lot of stuff that needs to be lifted up first. (laughs) This is a private endeavor.
2: If you're listening to Chris and I talk about this right now, we want you to experience it firsthand for yourself trim that junk of yours get 20% off plus free shipping with the code laser time at manscaped.com so go to manscaped.com get 20% off and free shipping with the code laser time that's 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com with the code laser time manscaped your balls will thank
0: you In with all for you by Janet Jackson. It's number one, and it's a song I I love my up tempo Janet Jackson songs. And
4: I love this song. I don't see a lot yeah. of love for
0: this song. I don't hear it on the radio like all the other ones.
4: It's a summertime
0: bop. Yeah, course. yeah, and a very colorful mm-hmm. summery music video too.
4: Oh yeah, the music video is just it's all summer. Yeah,
0: <laughs> good for it's you, perfect. Janet. Uh, the only. only good living jackson i can think of i qualified it with living i wanted to shit on her brother but also new releases welcome to 2001 is what i should say (laughs) april 9th to the 15th and we got some other new releases for this week in 2001 Poets and Mad Men by uh, Sabotage The Hogacy by Space Hog Isolation Drills by Guided by Voices Reveling slash Reckoning by Ani DeFranco Mechanical Wonder by Ocean Color Scene And Just Enough Education to Perform by Stereophonics That is all out this week in 2001 The same week, by the way, Spy Kids is number one at the box office
3: mm-hmm. yeah. uh, Still, yeah. holding on there
0: Still, and man, this is confusing, Kingdom Come. I looked at this and like, I've seen this Peter Berg Iraq War movie. Oh, maybe that's not the one with Whoopi Goldberg in it. Whoopi Goldberg been in a good Iraq War movie? Uh, Anthony Anderson, Tony Braxton, Vivica A. Fox, Jada Pinkett Smith, Whoopi Goldberg, and LL Cool J, Kingdom Come.
3: This is based on an off-Broadway play, and it's about family all getting together because uh, the dad dropped dead and Whoopi Goldberg's the mom, and it's like... I never liked that guy and everyone's got issues and things work out or they don't. And yeah, every review is sort of like eh, the tone is sort of all over the place. Like, is it, is this a comedy? Is this, you know, like death at a funeral comedy or is this just more of a family drama? But we do have Anthony Anderson going two rounds this week. So hey. that's fun. I love when we have like extra people that are just, they're all over. Yeah. yeah
0: that's right. Hardest working people in show business appear in more than uh, one segment. 30, 20, Mm-hmm. I guess that could be said for David Spade Since he was in the SNL in the last decade But um, mm-hmm. I know you're dying to talk about Dennis Miller, Adam Beach, Brittany Daniel, David Spade In Joe Dirt His name is Joe Dirt
2: Oh, Dirt, did I get you? No, I'm cool No, you're not
0: He gets no respect
2: Don't forget to wipe your dirt <laughs> You boys got something to say to me? Why don't you talk to the microphone? I got a backup mic right here Check, one, two. Testing, testing. Ah! His job isn't glamorous. You know what? I don't mind being hit with a few hot dogs. It's all a... Oh, enough with the hot dogs! Guess I'm
0: like... I, hmm. I have a confession to make. I love this movie.
2: Mm. Oh, no. I, yeah, not only do I love I... this
0: movie, I think weird. people are really shitty to David Spade. I think David's been.
3: Yes. Some of it's
0: deserved though. Only because he's he's had a couple angels. of bad movies. But his Netflix Sandler movies are all among the better ones, including the uh The Wrong Missy. That was like one of the the last Sandler like I am laughing a lot during this. A lot of that is Lauren Lapkiss. Of course. No. Who yeah who threw up on him on a boat while he's swimming with sharks. And that's one of the funniest comedic scenarios <laughs> to attract more sharks. Oh, God. She gets seasick and so, pukes all over a shark cage. It's great.
3: So mm-hmm. one review I read pointed out something that I didn't, it didn't occur to me. And then I realized, Oh, that's why David Spade bugs me saying like, usually he's, he plays upper class snotty people yes. like mm-hmm. 90% mm-hmm. of the time. And this is fun that he's, doing complete opposite where he plays total white trash and i realized oh i think that might be my problem with david spade is that i feel like he never tries yeah that makes perfect sense actually yeah Uh, i feel like when he does try he's good
0: i i think he's he's a really great character at uh a fast talking person and he can be upper crust or he can be a lazy dipshit but also Mm. when you i hear him now he's just a fucking dork you ever heard him laugh naturally?
1: <laughs>
0: like like, oh shit, this is revealing so I don't know. I I I love his stand up. I love uh I love Joe Dirt. I think Joe Dirt is a really fun film. It it
4: Yeah. I just feel like his perfect role is Tommy boy. Yes. Like he just can't ever not. He's obviously not Tommy boy. I know that, but like his role in Tommy boy, it's just so perfect for him because he does play like kind of a snooty guy, but then also there's still a lot of heart there and there's still a lot of friendship. This. Yeah. It feels sarcastic.
1: Yeah. Like it mm-hmm. feels
4: like he's just, just, and I know I watched Joe dirt. When it came out with like in high school (laughs) and like a high school party or something like that. I have not watched it since then. I also have to admit, I thought I had seen this more recently, but then I remember it was Run, Ronnie, Run, So, which I do
3: kind of complete those in my mind.
0: Uh, this not, is...
3: not the sequel that went direct to crackle.
0: Yes, <laughs> the, the, oh, that yeah, one's certainly really not. That one's pretty bad, like objectively bad.
4: What is it, Joe mm.
0: Mudd? I forget <laughs> Joe Dirt. It's just Joe Dirt too, but everyone's back. Even even Dennis Miller, who just there's all this silliness in the movie that like he's not. He doesn't have a mullet. He has a wig that's grafted onto his open skull, and he doesn't <laughs> shave that facial hair in his face because Dennis. You're so genetically entranced with white treasure DNA, your hair automatically does that. And it's just like, <laughs> it, it. I still think it's wonderfully silly. Christopher, is Chris walking in this movie? It's like this. Yeah. Yeah, like talking to my guy all wrong, stabbing in the face. The sodden. I I love this movie. Um, is this a
4: Happy Madison
0: it is. production? Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, I, like I, no one else writes anything for David Spade.
4: <laughs> I wasn't sure. I thought, I don't know, maybe he yeah, branched he, out. David a Spade's bit.
0: never going to get his uncut gems, So, but I wish he would.
4: Oh my God, uh,
0: I would love it. Me too. Me too. A, 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 Get the A
4: twenty four people to talk to him.
0: Think about a guy who's who was cool in high school and still thinks he's cool. Like a, a non bullyish Cobra Kai role for David Spade. We've really Oh, it.
4: you mean a Gen we, Xer? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like someone who's just not cool right now. Uh yeah, we're millennials and sennials and we like liking things. Uh, none of this flies uh, with us.
3: <laughs> yeah, but Generation X were a bunch of latchkey kids who were raised by television. True. And so COVID times has been our time, baby.
0: Yeah, man. Our time to shine.
3: <laughs> That's fair. All yeah, of us on, millennials. The, and the millennials could just fight it out. And we're just sitting over here listening You're to wearing the Dog. You're flannel
0: right I
1: now.
3: I always <laughs> wear flannel. <laughs> I mean... All of us millennials
4: who were over-scheduled every day after in our after-school activities are kind of going crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I loved it. When I'm I... doing
4: my Zoom sax- saxophone lesson, like kind of frothing at the mouth. When I became mm-hmm. a latchkey
0: kid in the mid '90s, it was so, oh, so satisfying. I can watch whatever I want. This is so good. But Joe Dirt, Joe Dirt, still holds a special place in my heart. It may be the best of the David Spade solo movies, which is probably not saying a lot.
3: Okay, but... we're, are we counting Emperor's New Groove in there? Because so then be I might great. have to fight you. Because I on. love
0: Ooh. that. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Again, he's really great in Emperor's New Groove, and I yeah, love this. I love the sound. Every Happy Madison movie has some terrible slapstick in it, but the sound David Spade makes when he's thrown or falls <laughs> is—it's uh, yeah. it's still genuinely funny to me. No, <laughs> oh,
3: dude. Uh, <laughs> see,
0: Diana's all laughing. right. Well. <laughs>
3: okay. So if you're gonna be like you know, uh, you're going to go to bat for something as dumb as Joe Dirt. My pick of the week is the next movie, which That's should great. be the worst movie we are going to talk about. And I loved
0: it. That's great, because it was this movie was so ill-informed, it mm-hmm. is based on a short, very short-lived Hanna-Barbera cartoon that no human being in 2001, under 20 years old, should have even heard of. And instead, it marketed itself to people sick of the of current music trends mm-hmm. uh, and had has something interesting to say about the modern music scene and i don't know
1: yeah.
0: uh, like i haven't watched it recently but i a very few people reviewed this at the time i think with the eye of who this was intended to entertain
3: mm. well and a problem they, for many ladies films yeah yeah this this it's not marketed right it's not marketed to the right people it's a couple of years too late and that's kind of mm. part of the problem It's like, no, if this had been aimed at Gen X, jerks like me, we would have all loved it. But we were all in our 20s at this point or beyond. And it was marketed looking like it was for like 12 year olds. Mm -hmm. And it isn't. And that's a huge problem. And it bombed.
0: It it was one of the bigger bombs of, of this year. I remember hearing this movie recommended to me by the most punk rock person I know. And this is where you guys say, how punk rock is he? He was on... National talk shows in the '80s for having piercings in his face in middle school, uh, and then he's the one who's like, "No, this movie cool. is actually a scathing indictment of like modern popular music." And I have no idea what the marketing, who that was going after, and got me to see this in like like somewhere around nine <laughs> eleven, ladies and gentlemen. Parker Posey Alan Cumming Rosario Dawson Tara Reid Rachel E. Cook and Josie and the Pussycats on April 11th three small
1: town girls you're a great crowd okay girls we
0: need the lane now are
1: going big
2: time you
4: want to sign us? Mm -hmm. I'm a girl from Riverdale I'm not a rock star
2: you gotta believe in yourself Rachel Lee Cook, Tara
1: Reed, Rosario Dawson.
2: No matter what happens, we will always be friends first. Josie and the Pussycats. Lady Peachy 13
0: Long tails and ear for hats.
3: God damn. Yeah. So that ad just underlines how generic mm-hmm. this seems. Like, no, I don't want to go see this. This is for dumb babies. Ew, it's all about like. Oh, they're banned, and then oh, their friendship is tested, and then oh, I bet they overcome, and uh, technically that's true, but it is an incredible postmodern indictment of commercialized music and trends and teenagers being stupid and corporate america mm-hmm. wow. and it is a, also that's a harder p g thirteen than I was expecting. Maybe 10 minutes into the movie, there is a gag where Tara Reed causes a car accident yes. by holding up a sign that says honk if you love pussy cats, but the cats is blocked. So she's just holding up a sign that says honk if you love pussy. I was shocked when I saw that. I was like, how are they getting away with that? That's wild. And yeah. like people would call each other bitch and things are full of shit and someone's mm-hmm. a dick. And I was like, oh my, this is not for the children. Like I thought it was. And... I saw a bunch of reviews complain about the product placement, which is incredible that they would miss that that is a joke. That is the whole point. This movie is so heavily product placed that it is like it takes place in another universe. And it's hilarious that, like, I start with a boy band, which is what Seth Green, Breckenmeyer, Donald Faison, (laughs) some other guy. Mm -hmm. And, like, their tour plane is all Target, you know, branded, Including, like, boxes of bounce dryer sheets just affixed to the walls. Yeah. And also, like, a <laughs> bottle of Dawn dish soap just, like, sitting in, like, a cup holder. Like, okay. it's <laughs> Like, that is clearly, this is not wink wink product placement like this is meant to draw your attention to how fucking stupid it is and then uh yeah alan cummings the evil music producer is trying to find uh, a replacement band because those guys start to become slightly self-aware so uh, they kill, crash the plane and kill them. And I love that the code word for crashing the plane is take the Chevy to the levee. Yeah. A joke oh. no one <laughs> under 40 is going to get.
4: I I laughed out loud when I heard that. Uh, I like, oh, I what? So
3: yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so they just casually murdered them. And then, uh, you know, recruit uh, this cute little teen band who, yeah, they're all cute. You know, uh, this is probably the most I've liked Tara Reid in anything. Yeah. She is adorable. It's just sort of a little bubblehead. Oh, but I feel she, like she, she sells a, it really well. She got a bad rap. I feel like I don't know. I feel mm-hmm. like she could she could have been better. Yeah, she's really funny in this. Yeah, she's in, good, and she's not like like a bimbo. She's just very innocent mm-hmm. in her stupidity, and it's very mm-hmm. cute. And. Yeah. Then it turns out, oh, yeah, the label is run by Parker Posey uh, wearing some incredible outfits. <laughs> and they're putting subliminal messages in all the pop music that makes people just suddenly want to buy orange juice or wear blue because blue is the new orange or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like they they play with the time like they have the big we become famous montage and we find out, oh, that was like four days. <laughs> what should have been feel like a year in in film language wow. is really like, oh, it was a couple days and. Every single room is just product placement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, the hotel is all Revlon. The shower is McDonald's. <laughs> it is some crazy-ass production design. And, yeah, I-, I was just stunned. I was like, this is so postmodern and smarter than it should be. Mm-hmm. It's by the folks who did Can't Hardly Wait, which is one of the few teen movies I think really holds Ooh, up. okay, that makes sense. And because it's, like, just too damn smart for what it is, Died. It just ate the, the audience that would have appreciated it and never found it until later. And now mm-hmm. it's kind of a cult movie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, the same as Chris. Like, people <laughs> people who are like super cool told me, yeah, Justin the Pussycats is like a postmodern masterpiece. And I was mm-hmm. like,
1: what?
3: <laughs> and it turns out, oh no, they're right. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. Those
4: are the same people also, too, who are like, hated the bubblegum pop like girl music but made an exception for toxic by britney spears like well that song like it's like actually yeah. like my only quibble with that is that actually a lot of what you would call bubblegum pop is cool mm-hmm. and it sounds
3: great and is fun
4: if you just let yourself love it just open your heart
3: yeah and they got some good songs in this there's a uh, one or two by adam Schlesinger, RIP, Fountains of Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I can't believe it's been a year.
0: And babyface and I, the producer,
2: <laughs>
3: baby and babyface has a a cameo, um, mm-hmm. as does uh, Carson Daly, who has a really funny cameo. Although, didn't he and Tara Reed had broken up by this point? So it's a little odd that they make. I gags forgot about that was a that. thing. <laughs> I totally forgot,
4: yeah, uh, forgot about that too. Is this produced by MTV? Like, is this one of their huh. productions? I, yeah, because they had like footage of like no. Serena Atchell, like you know, the mm-hmm. MTV news thing. And so I was just curious because it was right there. It just seemed like, Oh, it should be produced by them, I guess.
0: No, no, it doesn't look like MTV was involved at all. other than just like no. allowing its name and likeness participate. Okay. I was just curious, but, which is, which is very cool of them because like, at the time, this is largely satirizing them who were still a kind of a titan in moving music sales. Uh, mm-hmm. Before yeah. it was ridiculousness all day, every day. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I know it's just it's such a bummer because it came at just just as the boy bands have peaked and are starting. There's mm-hmm. a little bit of decline, but the the fashions of the era. Wow, like it took me back to 2001 so freaking oh, yeah. hard. I felt like I was standing in the middle of a Claire's boutique in its 2001. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. So my husband was saying, like, I never thought, like, 2000 the early 2000s didn't really have an aesthetic and he's looking at this movie and he's like oh no wait yes it does yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, absolutely
0: just does. think of it Carson 100%. Daly's jacket on any given TRL and like there was an aesthetic and we don't wear those anymore yeah I, just
4: yeah. watch Gilmore girls that oh, is yeah? the aesthetic yeah actually mm,
0: I want to wear a jacket with one stripe down one of the sleeves with another person's name tag on it mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a, a, a
4: great double feature is to watch this and then to watch pop star never stop stopping oh, oh would be so good also that a
0: um everyone's wrong about
3: so good yeah good. so good that would be great yeah i we have a bunch of movies that are pretty good and i, I like recommending this week but this one i laughed a lot at Josie and the pussycats and it was maybe it just needed to find its time it just needed to air out a and, little bit as far
0: as i can tell it the wiki the, it's one of the few wikipedias i've seen that like okay people have started been reappraising this for a little less than 10 years but like it still hasn't come around and found its yeah. audience yet so I guess that's what yeah. we're here for. I would prefer, and I hate saying this, that would make Diana right, watch this instead of out for justice. Um yeah. oh, <laughs> it'll send... it's on
3: wow. it's on HBO right now, man, yeah. and it's just it breezes by, it was funny mm-hmm. as hell, and it's yeah, extremely satirical and postmodern. So Chris, earlier you said it was based on a
4: Hanna-Barbera yeah. cartoon, but with, is based on the, like, Riverdale universe, right? Yes. Like, Archie yeah. and – okay, because that's what I knew uh, – that's why I knew Josie and the Pussycats yes, from, because I read it, a lot of Archie growing it's up. It's
0: part of the Archie universe. I think it, it's, yeah. it comes from comics, but I think William, Hannah, and Joseph Barbera literally wrote the theme song, Josie and okay. the Pussycats, Long Tails yeah, and here for Hats. Yeah, Hannah, there,
3: there is a joke with Missy Pyle where they're just like, why are you here? And she's like, because I'm in the comic. <laughs> that's right that was still <laughs> just fun i love yeah, her and the camera just moves away it was like we're not even lingering on this this is an aside yeah i'm in the comic one <laughs> i love missy pile and also
4: josie and the Pussycats are also in the tv show riverdale i kind of want to like do a little deep dive on the whole riverdale universe because there have been some very interesting treatments especially more recently with like oh. between Sabrina and Riverdale and this. I like-
0: can I can help the, the funniest story that has never been told and deserves a movie. The two children of the two creators of Archie who inherited the company and I believe still run it can't legally be in the same room with one another. They're merciless assholes and none of their employees like them. And the company keeps on it going. And when they pitch things like ah, predator versus Archie, Archie is a zombie. They're just like, <laughs> I don't give a shit. Just whatever. Do whatever. And then, so like a bunch of really creative and fun people pitch things to Archie and they always say yes. It's never a problem. Never. <laughs> and and there's some there's like some misfires in there but like it's all fascinating. There yeah. is an Archie comic where the Punisher kills all of them. It- and <laughs> <laughs> Because they don't give a shit. If you haven't seen Riverdale, no IP should ever let that happen to their characters. And it's interesting as hell in introducing them to a new generation of fans. It's awesome. It's
4: basically, if you take Archie and and Twin Twin Peaks and just smush them together, that is Riverdale. (gasps) I'm sorry. I know I keep saying that Riverdale is wild, and I Definitely recommend it. Well, the last thing I was reading was <laughs>
0: Afterlife with Archie, which Sabrina came into. And then when I saw Sabrina on Netflix, I'm like, they're just embracing this comic that should never have existed in the first place. And it's all because the <laughs> behind the scenes of the company are in turmoil, can't talk to one another and say yes to everything because to do the normal thing, nobody wants. The the company kind of only exists by how you send them up. And
4: I really, <laughs> I really like imagining the Archie. Yeah. Riverdale Empire, but like Succession,
0: yeah, like they're-
4: very <laughs> serious on like private jets, like there, grr, there are a couple
0: know? real nerdy reports like, on this with tar- drawings, <laughs> like the, like these two, yeah. it, it's like the daughter and the son of the creators, and they hate one another, and. <laughs> <laughs> But whatever. Archie is one of the most fascinating behind the scenes. And apparently, Sonic is in the movie because it was a really good Sonic. Archie, the best Sonic that's ever existed, was in Archie Comics. uh, Also, really good. This is not the place to bring that up. Because this is not even like the most notable movie of the week, especially not the one I figured you ladies would go fucking nuts over because...
3: I, I have things to say but I'm really surprised this did knock knock off Spy Kids as the number one movie.
0: Oh, it didn't. Because yeah. this was a
3: big movie.
0: It was. Because uh, it's an adaptation of a book, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. A big, huge a, a huge book. book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd never heard of it. Uh, I'd never heard of one of these people in the movie until I saw this movie. Hugh Grant, oh. Colin Firth, Renee Zellweger, I'll let you guess which one, Bridges Jones, Diary.
2: Meet Bridget Jones.
1: Hi, Bridget.
2: After years of being single, Bridget Jones has discovered the secret of attracting men. Be herself.
1: And it works.
2: It's raining. Ding dong. I like you. I
1: need you. Outside. I'm sorry? It's a real fight!
2: Newsweek raves. It's tremendously funny. Bridget Jones's Diary.
1: Bridget Jones, the sex goddess. Dad.
2: Rated R. Now in theater the opening of
0: the trailer i believe um, Yeah. brady jones diary Oof. i did, did not hate it when i saw it i was i was I, very shocked
4: i love this movie mm-hmm. and i love the book uh by helen fielding mm-hmm. really great i kind of considered one of the seminal chick lit books of
3: yeah you know
4: contemporary fiction uh, actually i had an ex-boyfriend who took a like contemporary literature class and this was on the reading list for him when he was getting his English degree. This is uh, the book is fantastic. I absolutely recommend it. And I fucking love this movie. I I just like I know there are some early 2000s issues with it that we would all find mm-hmm. with yeah. these types of romantic comedies, yeah. definitely. <laughs> but is this the first time that we've seen a romantic comedy heroine who is like a, re- a real mess? Yeah. Like Drinks too yeah. much, smokes a lot, is not a size two, like, is kind of obnoxious, but still, you know, but still ultimately charming. Like, she looks and acts like me and my friends, you know? And I think a mm-hmm. lot of women saw that in the movie and really identified
3: with it. And I, I absolutely yeah. love the movie for that.
0: After yeah. after they got I over the casting. never...
3: Well, yeah. Brits Brits were feeling rather eh, about having a Texan Renee Zellweger, but their accent's very good. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she she did a really good job. The people they were kicking around for this was kind of interesting. I think Helena Bonham Carter was one of the mm-hmm. front runners. And I was like, nah, she seems like she has her shit together too much. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rachel, too cool. Weiss, Rachel Weiss didn't get it because they realized she's just too fucking pretty. Mm-hmm. And it was, <laughs> I think they had Tony Collette sign, and mm-hmm. then she had uh, another project she had to do. She would have been fantastic, too. But so I never saw this until literally last night, uh, even though I was a woman and I was alive in 2001. (laughs) So they tell me and I also don't like rom-coms and Mm -hmm. I was pretty freaking charmed. Mm -hmm. Mostly a lot of it was. Yeah. Renee Selweger is. Yeah, she does. You know, so many so many like rom-com heroines, really, either they are like, you work too much or. They tell us that they're hot messes, but they're not. Like yes. oh, she's so oh, clumsy and lovable. Oh like, no. <laughs> no, she's just boring. She has yeah. no no personality whatsoever. She's yeah, a blank Mary, for me to project her, myself onto. We the
4: only about thing in, is that she eats hamburgers and she trips every now and then. That <laughs> does not make someone quirky. <laughs> it was it yeah. made me
0: think about a, a uh, what was the, we, the thing we talked about? The flight attendant who was like, oh, mm-hmm. this is like one of the messiest people I've ladies mm-hmm. I've ever seen on television. Mm-hmm. And that's what Bridget Jones makes yeah. me think of.
3: Yeah, so I appreciate that. Yeah, mm-hmm. she, you know, she she actually is kind of just sloppy in her life. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she drinks too much. She decides like, oh, I'm going to get my life together and I'm definitely not going to fuck a narcissistic jerk. And then she amazingly fucks a narcissistic jerk. And yeah, I mean, I liked it. One of her goals is like, I'm going to lose weight. And she doesn't. Mm-hmm. No. I mean, I, I was actually paying attention when she says what her weight is. And when she's happiest, her weight goes back up. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, because you're really not heavy in the first place, for fuck's sake. Well, I mean, I'm, if no. I can't remember
4: if they do this in the movie, but if you read the book, it's fun because I think they use stone instead of oh, pounds. God, math so is so it makes hard. It's like a little bit easier to be like, sure, we're the same
3: weight. I don't know what stone means. <laughs> You're three means, and but a I'm half gonna stone. Do math, so. oh, I'm not
0: looking this up. Yeah.
3: A stone is 14 pounds. That's not easy math to do. I don't know why they do Mm-mm. that to you. Yeah. There's, the Brits are jerks that way. I do have some complaints.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Obviously, there are some 2,000. 2000- early 2000s things in here, late 90s things in here that are um, straight up sexual harassment. Yeah. Uh, even if they're being cute and flirty, which like he makes, he Grant like makes a flirty joke and she's like, that's sexual harassment. And he's like, oh, I apologize, but nice tits. And I'd be like, see, you're acknowledging it exists and that like makes it worse than if it didn't exist at all. Just yeah. no. I'm, like, I'm just imagining not- that
0: that is the headline on Jezebel in like 20 years later. <laughs> <laughs> no.
3: yeah and and then my other problem though and this is just i like jane austen but i've never liked pride and prejudice Mm. Mm. and here's why because darcy's a dick yeah he nags her the whole fucking book and that is replicated here as genius as the casting is okay let's talk about that for a second because
1: yeah
0: you had to explain this to me last week off mic. i didn't know about this
4: so if you haven't Mm -hmm. read the book or watched the movie I would recommend, I think, reading the book first and then watching the movie, if that's something that you're inclined to do. And here's why. is because in the book, she references the BBC's production of Pride and Prejudice, wherein Colin Firth is <laughs> cast as Mr. Darcy. Yeah,
1: right.
4: Then we go on to Bridget Jones' Diary, where Colin Firth is in Bridget Jones' Diary and she's still talking about Pride and Prejudice in the <laughs> movie, Bridget Jones' Diary. But which, what universe are we in where she's a British woman talking about Pride and Prejudice, starring Colin Firth, but then Colin Firth? is also right in front of
0: her. I feel like it's it's the producers high-fiving. Like, we can cut out all this dialogue about this character because the whole audience will understand we cast Mr. Darcy. It makes me kind of
4: crazy to, like, (laughs) wrap my mind around. And I actually – I think I saw the movie before I read the book. And if you're the type of person who – if you do that and you can't help picturing the movie – actors in the books care like if you read the book and then you picture those faces or whatever it's gonna really mess you up <laughs> if you read the book mm. after you see the movie
3: so. and then it's extra confusing because his character is named darcy his yeah. last name is darcy in yeah. bridget jones's diary so yeah. yeah but i think without an apostrophe so it's different i guess it's very confusing
0: But just just the way I was
3: I I was expecting a romance uh, that would end up annoying me. mm -hmm. You know, I was just like, oh, you've changed everything about you. And so now you get the great guy. And it was the exact opposite. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, thank fuck.
0: Yeah, it's about settling. Yeah.
3: Yeah, Well, no, it's about, you know, the the guy that well, someone who appreciates you for you Mm -hmm. uh, as Mm -hmm. you are. It's the most important part. That's the most important part, someone who respects you and all of your goofiness and your quirks and understands you. But still, my problem is that so much of the movie, Colin Firth is giving one word answers and it really, really uptight and just kind of out of nowhere it turns. But there is something alluring about that. (laughs) Not
0: not to the-
4: uh, For some women, there's something alluring about that. Not even even
0: to the character. I was not knowing who Colin Firth is or anything you guys just said- Mm Mm-hmm. I was tr- I was truly swerved because this this ah. guy comes in and introduces himself make a makes a real bad impression and mm-hmm. there's no chemistry and then ends up at spoiler at the end of the movie being the romantic lead who will go on to be in the next trilogy like I was <laughs> utterly shocked by that and I I think I've told I mentioned the movie in the context of me approaching my 40s as a single person moving back to my hometown where I'm on fucking Bumble swiping and like oh I have to consider the girl I went to middle school with might be the one that, who I had an argument with like 30 years ago. And now I'm in a bumble swipe relationship with, you never, it was, it was weirding me out with who I was, <laughs> who I was being matched up with all these years later. And at the end of the movie, she ends up with the person she likes the least.
3: Well, initially. So you, and you thought that you, you didn't know what Colin Firth was doing there. And you no, figured no. she would
0: just and he like, did, he disappears. She'd
3: like fix, she'd fix Hugh Grant who starts out as an asshole. I thought it. he
0: was there he as was a, as realize. a gag. Be- as, as like a yeah. gag of like this is how bad the single scene is, and he disappears in my opinion oh. for a while and yeah, doesn't hey, and doesn't yeah. come back and i was I, I, yeah, I was like- slurved.
4: It's a good example of that thing where it, you may have an encounter with someone that yeah. rubs you the wrong way, and then it really sticks in your craw, and you're like, "Why am I so bothered by this person and like my interaction with them and how they, how, like how what they think of me?" And then you realize, like, "Holy shit, I think I want to bone that person!" Like, <laughs> yeah,
0: it's not, it's not, it's that's not a, a guy thing thought. That happens. That's not, not for guys. Well, <laughs>
4: mm. it's a thing that happens. I think for some ladies, so or maybe, maybe just one of the people on this show but mm-hmm. it's just like
0: me and my guy friends does... sitting around over beers and i was like how dare she how dare she do that <laughs> and to they're like, like
1: bro
3: that. bro <laughs> i think you're in love with her I, <laughs> what? Yeah. What? But then, you see but then there's also the problem of like is it just like there's an attraction there or do i just like am i in love with him or do i want to just hate fuck him and then ghost him mm-hmm. Hmm. anything goes why not why not all? Why I don't not know.
4: both? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you want. And I also like, I don't, gosh, it's been a minute since I've seen the movie, but I also really remember thinking like, I like that the movie doesn't really judge her for also being attracted to Hugh Grant, the asshole. Mm. Yeah. Because, shit, he's hot and he's flirting with her. Mm -hmm. And they've got some like fun little power dynamic, like, you know, flirty back and forth thing. And like, it's naughty and weird and it's fun. And like, she's, and the movie does not judge her for that. And I appreciate that as well, because that's also Mm -hmm. an experience that people have that is.
3: Yeah. Well, that whole thing would have been fine if she just knew that this was going to be like a sex thing. It's just a fling. Mm -hmm. But she thinks that. He maybe it's more and it totally isn't Mm -hmm. until you know he gets left by another person and then he does the typical cad thing of well it's really that they don't want to be alone they need to be validated by someone but all of a sudden it's like oh you were there the whole time i'm sorry i fucked it up and i love that she's like shut that down Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean yes there's some things that do not hold up in there that are Kind of dated. The sexual harassment thing is like, wow, this is all a lawsuit, man. Mm-hmm. And it's an email, it's all documented. Oh, oh, never put anything in writing, people. Come on. Nah, 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 nah. But besides that, oh, and she calls her friend a puff at one point. It's like, dude. Oh. Yeah. Honey. Yeah. yeah.
0: That was honey, that magazine oh. Will Arnett wanted to get into in the rest of development. I'm watching that show <laughs> right now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, another I was pleasant pleasantly surprised. I was like stealing myself for all right. Chick, chick stuff overload and it, it, was, it was fine does it feel like a christmas movie to you Ooh. there are some major christmas scenes in it and i yeah. kind of put i put it in that category mm-hmm. i think it technically is because it starts and ends at christmas right right mm. is that what you and decides? also it is very late 90s britain and that everyone is smoking everywhere <laughs> oh my god i love that i oh
1: gosh oh. <laughs> oh now yeah, people are smoking in the office
3: <laughs> people are smoking at the bottom like okay smoking at the bar right uh, uh, sure but there, people are smoking like while they're eating oh i can't oh. do that oh just to see oh. people After. smoking inside oh. of a building is
4: like gives me major nostalgia honestly well, that, now
0: all uh. you can do is like uh, is is Imagine like a uh, uh, athlete's foot cartoon COVID characters and everyone's smoke plume. Like uh, how could, <laughs> any, could we ever go back to smoking in public again uh, after sure. all this?
3: Oh God. Yeah. Indoors. Indoors.
0: Yeah. People Never. are just
3: like in someone's house and light up a cigarette. I'd be like, what a tacky fucking sink hose. Don't, don't just start smoking in my house.
0: What is this? Yeah. We, we didn't just colonize this house. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> 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 oh. But yeah, ah. British Jones, the, the one of the, I think one of the uh, oddest trilogies—and uh, but because the, the the sequel mm. doesn't arrive too far away, but
4: yeah, but mm-hmm. there's a sharp drop off.
0: Is there like on yeah. all the movies? Yeah, because they all do yeah, pretty yeah, yeah. well, but just yeah. to, to have her baby—what is it? Uh, Fifteen years later in the third film, uh, I don't wow. know. I don't know. I don't know what her tubes look like. It's probably possible. The, England has way better health care, so <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Why not? Yep. Why not? That's and... true.
3: Also, I didn't realize that uh, this is directed by a woman, mm-hmm. and it was in one of those setups where it's the exact same thing happened with *The Help*, which is, "Oh, you want to buy the rights to my book? My friend gets to direct it." Oh shit! And I'm oh, like, "Oh, nice! High five, sisterhood!" Yeah, <laughs> I want someone to do that for me, please.
0: Yeah, me too. <laughs> All
3: right, I'll write the book. Thank I you. I got you covered. All
0: right. And and. In... Wow, with that, we got to move on to television. Speaking of Renee, uh, SNL this week, musical guest Eve. God, darn Pardo saying Eve must have been great. Uh, And your host, (laughs) Renee Zellweger. I don't remember this episode either. Is there something super memorable? I don't think there's
4: much there. I mean, Renee Zellweger, I think... Is a better actress than we all give her credit for. Yeah. She was fantastic in Judy, and I think she does a really good job in this episode. But there's nothing that stands out, also, which mm. you know, that's Renee Zellweger for you. You know,
0: yeah. also out this week on the fifteenth, The Sopranos. He is risen. Mm-hmm. And is there any any who can surmise what's happening in this episode? Well, every episode just, of the Sopranos is wonderful and important. It's all Besides wonderful.
4: It, is it Easter?
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah.
4: Actually, no, this is a Thanksgiving episode. Whoa. It is. So it is. Yeah. But I like this episode because it introduces the character Gloria Trillo, yes. who Oof. is. Oof. Yes. Yes. <sighs> who is Tony's very hot new mistress, meat played throwing by Annabelle Sciora. <laughs> is that how you say her name? Uh,
0: uh Annabelle Sciora. Sciora.
4: Yeah. I just love that whole storyline because she's so beautiful and so crazy and really takes (laughs) him to a lot of places. (laughs) And I really like this, the whole starting of this story. And then I also, this episode is also very important for the downfall of Joey Pants eventually because
1: Mm -hmm. he
4: hits an apex here, becomes a captain, Capo.
1: Capo.
0: And then Mm -hmm.
4: now I think after that,
3: he goes on the downslope.
0: Still the third season though, right? Mm -hmm. He'll be around a while. Help, hmm. God, Joey Pants. Ugh. How
3: long till the bowling
0: bag? How long? How long until the horse? You eat meat by the fucking truckload. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Friends is so good. HBO Max, if you can, uh, if you can swing it, it is admittedly the priciest possible uh, streaming service that there is. But it looks the show looks so good; it's like it was shot mm-hmm. yesterday. About men from fifty years ago. Shot 20 <laughs> years ago. Video games of 2001, April 19th to the 15th. This is one of my favorite things. We we recently in Video Game Apocalypse did a story about the Sony digital store shutting down, games that are not emulatable, and we had to discount Kirby's Tilt and Tum- Tumble, a game where you played with Kirby as the ball, and required had an, a built-in accelerometer into the cartridge so you moved it wow. back and forth but they've emulated but you can get this in the virtual console because almost all controllers from nintendo for the last 15 years have had some kind of tilt sensor or accelerometer iphones have that not unemulatable what is on un- <laughs> you can emulate but you can never play again it's the simpsons wrestling one of the weirdest and worst games i've ever played full cooperation from the voice cast cell shaded <laughs> if you've ever wanted what it's like for Marge Simpsons to wrestle Groundskeeper Willie, you now have your answer. They can do that in The Simpsons <laughs> Wrestling. That is out this weekish, and that is kind of it. That is kind of yeah. it. Uh, mm-hmm. So pick one. That's all you're allowed to play this week. With that out of the way, we will close out with Three Small Words by Josie and the Pussycats. A uh, song from the movie, an original song from mm-hmm. the movie. Yeah, but uh, Josie and the Pussycats, I, I, I feel I want to recommend that the strongest after our conversation. It's the kind of movie that deserves attention, something that goes so unseen, and I feel like this audience is the type of people who would appreciate that the most. So I'm just going to say that one more yeah. time before mm-hmm. the end. We should all watch Josie and the Pussycats. Diana, you said it's on HBO Max? Yep. Uh, three small words. We'll close out with the song from that film, but stay right there, folks. 2011 is straight ahead. Oh, I-
3: internet and all the ships at sea it's time for diana's classic corner where we go even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching and the week of april 9th through 15th oh two really solid recommends in very different genres not really i mean they're both about like money and stealing money and double crossing people for money but in very different ways (laughs) let's start with 75 years ago this week 1946 saw the release of gilda starring rita hayworth and glenn ford i don't know why i turned it movie phone guy there i think because he pops up in in joseph and the pussycats anyway gilda you know if you watched shawshank redemption that's the movie they're watching where it says oh does he do she do the thing with the hair and then she's like were you looking for me she tosses her hair back and everyone goes fucking nuts because rita hayworth was in just god incredible woman just interesting person all around but she's just gorgeous and she's so sultry in this it's like kind of technically a noir because you know she's married to this guy that runs a casino and then there's this you know other guy who works for him and like they're falling in love and then there's crime stuff involving the casino and someone faking their death and running away and coming back for revenge and but she's not like a femme fatale really not in the traditional way of like It turns out she was evil the whole time like she you know she just kind of has a power over men and if you watch it you understand it's a lot of fun it's not as hard-boiled as a lot of noirs are because it's kind of only vaguely one but she's just like oh you're gonna fall in love with her and want to escape prison for her and then 70 years ago this week is one of the best heist movies ever And it's a comedy. Lavender Hill Mob, directed by Charles Crichton, starring Alec Guinness and Stanley Holloway. It's so, so cute. So silly. British Film Institute called it the 17th greatest British film of all time. That's pretty fair. It's about uh, Alec Guinness plays a guy who works in a bank. He's like in charge of these deliveries of gold bullion. And he's worked there 20 years and just been a proper little man in a proper little job. And then he decides, yeah, I'm going to rip these fuckers off. And comes up with this very very clever, complicated way to steal all of this gold and then abscond with it. And um, I did not realize it stars the the first film appearance of Audrey Hepburn, very briefly, and also Robert Shaw. I, what? Quinn from Jaws? Anyway, like I said, directed by Charles Crichton, who also directed A Fish Called Wanda, which is kind of an homage to this in some ways and that you know it's about a heist and the gang and stuff like that but it's you know it's a smart comedy that moves really fast tons of fun so serious recommends this week lavender hill mob and gilda they're not like homework level greatest films that you must watch and study seriously they're just fun as fuck so that's it for this week stay classic
1: All
0: right, coming in with E.T. by Katy Perry featuring Kanye West. It is number one this week. That is a fun video, not the ET sequel he wanted, but ET sequel he (laughs) got.
4: It's a very fun video, very Mm -hmm. trippy, and the song is still great. Like, just really a fun, weird song. Kanye West is very weird on it. He says some very weird things. I looked at the lyrics recently, (laughs) and I was like, "Cool, I love all of this, but (laughs) I don't understand it." But yeah, I really like this song a lot. Every time it Mm -hmm. pops up on my iPod, I'm like, "Yep, Mm yep." Katy Perry. Damn it, she's really good, but I just don't like her. <laughs> I love all of her songs, but her deal kind of annoys me. But I love everything she does and makes. So,
3: hmm. what are you gonna do? There's yeah? a lesson to be learned there. Yeah, maybe just Somehow. like her, give it yeah, up, and just just like give
4: it up. <laughs> okay, I, fine, fine. You convinced me. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I wish I wish more guys did that. I just every woman I've dated has gone through this phase where the biggest pop stars, the biggest in the world, and they're just fans of her like they were teenagers. And I'm sitting there, thirty, trying to enjoy Katy Perry, and like, yeah, this is fine. I'm just like, what is your deal? How can you still be a fan of music in your late thirties? <laughs> and I'm, I'm specifically trolling my friend Tyson, who wants to take over the segment and is very mad at me for how flippant I am during <laughs> the entirety of this. Speaking up, new releases during this period. Nine Types of Light by TV on the Radio. Who's ever heard of that band, right? No accolades. Ooh, um, love <laughs> I know, I'm just kidding. But uh, just this is all a mess with Tyson now. Paper Airplane by Allison Krauss in uh, uh, Union Station. The Family Signed by Atmosphere. Parallax uh, by uh, Hypersleep hyper Dialogues by Between the Buried and Me. Wasting Light by the Foo Fighters. Into the Wild by Uriah Heap And KISS by Maya. Oh.
3: I had to throw in the Uriah Heap because I was positive that was a misprint from somewhere. Because that's a band that goes back to like 1969, yep. 1970, <laughs> nice. you know, that's like Rush before Rush
1: mm-hmm.
3: is Uriah Heap. Like if you're mm-hmm. into Rush, you probably like Uriah Heap makes you feel like a hipster. What the fuck are they doing coming out with music in 2011? And then I listen to it. I'm like, this is good. <laughs> oh this, my whole, God. this whole segment is full of bands that I know
4: and enjoy, but I do not know these albums. Mm. Mm. Like I really like Atmosphere, but I did not even know that they came out with something in 2011.
0: And I didn't know Maya did anything after that Rugrats song, like uh, where Mace chases <laughs> everyone around a <her> reptile car. <laughs> News of 2011, People's Most Beautiful People, number one this week. Is it number one is Jennifer Lopez?
3: Number one is Jennifer Lopez. Do they revolve yeah. like a man well, and a woman duh. who gets a cover? No, they do too. They do okay. pe- Most Beautiful People and they do Sexiest Man Alive.
0: Okay, uh, good The two
3: genders, man right. and people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: going to be hard for scientists to wrap their head around but uh, (laughs) man Mm. and people Jennifer Lopez wins number one the most beautiful people Uh, number two Mark Zuckerberg for the third year in a row (laughs) (laughs) it's
3: I, 10 years ago. I feel like AI is involved in that decision somehow.
0: <laughs> His haircut is immaculate. The most efficient haircut known to man. No bangs, no bangs, but no bangs. <laughs> uh, moving to 2011 movies, April 9th to the 15th, 2011. Whew, uh, Sarah, did you watch this? Um,
4: no. <laughs> uh, okay, look, Antisa always likes to tease me about I this. I never do. First met, I was in the midst of a little Ayn Rand phase that I went through, (laughs) as all philosophy majors do. Okay. You go through an Ayn Rand phase, you read the two big ones, and then you realize, okay, this is like untenable and like unconscionable, and then you release it. But hmm. Antista happened to meet me when I was in the middle of that phase, so it's embarrassing.
0: So I wasn't going to bring that up at all, but, uh, <laughs> but
4: look, but I need to be open about it.
0: I, but it was more the call out, like I was in your house for the first time in like a year last week, and it's still on your bookshelf. So I just, <laughs> I just wanted look, to know. You have
4: to, you have to look at where you came from to see, you know, what's ahead of you. Yeah, yeah, Look you, how far I've come. You hear, you <laughs> hear that,
0: Jordan Peterson fans? <laughs> There's a light at the end of this tunnel. Atlas shrugged. The boo. I don't want to even want to bother reading the cast because who cares? But I'm if, just
3: sad that John Polito and Michael Lerner are in there. Those are two guys that have made major impacts in Cohen Brothers movies, huh. in, and they're both in a great one that we get to talk about. I think come the fall, and that makes me sad.
0: I, I imagine it's, it was but, a it was a decent payday because there was a lot of yeah. Really weird money behind this movie.
4: <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. It's kind of weird too that Taylor Schilling is in this, considering she's the lead of Orange Is the New Black. Oh, the I the dullest lead a, of all
0: time.
3: It's a paycheck.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's a well, paycheck.
3: Yeah, whether I, you agree with it or not, it's a paycheck. I, I mean, I think as it
0: moves forward
3: are kind of fascinating though, because yeah. there are three and yeah. none of the casts are the same, yeah. even though it's part mm-hmm. one, part two, part three, and they're all supposed to be the same characters, but they didn't sign everybody because they're made by like weird rich guy money mm-hmm. because he wants more people to know about Atlas shrugged. Wait a the- minute. Which- are you saying <laughs>
4: that someone who is making this movie, who's super into, Ayn Rand does not understand how to make art.
1: Mm.
0: Uh you know I can't empathize with any creator, but I want the movie in can't, with a big explode.
3: Don't know how that worked out that way. <laughs> I'm saying I'm so smart, I shouldn't have to pay taxes. And if you don't like it, then I'm gonna take my special medal and leave. <laughs> also, airplanes don't exist in this world, I guess. And only trains are important. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very steampunk. Bioshock the
0: book. <laughs> and then and, and I believe it has a weird crowdfunded history somewhere Mm -hmm. after this, if not the Mm -hmm. second, but the third movie, like no one wanted to put this together, but it got there. It finished itself. Yay.
4: Look, I ran fans
3: are super weird. Yes. Mm -hmm. They,
0: that was the nicest thing anyone's ever said about
3: on, on, on a good day. They're just straight up libertarians Mm -hmm. and we're cool.
0: And Mm -hmm. they're just like,
3: I just want to have weed and guns and not have the government bother me. And I'm like, me too. Me too. Yeah. But oh well it's hard too because
4: I've read Atlas Shrugged and Fountainhead one right after another. I do not recommend <laughs> unless you want to turn into an asshole and alienate your friends and family for a couple of months. But um, <laughs> honestly, I really enjoyed reading them. Like mm-hmm. there are she spins a good yarn, but objectivism hmm. is obviously untenable and kind of the worst thing in the world. Yeah. So yeah. but I would totally love to see those
3: books given a great treatment and i don't think they ever have and they probably the f- won't ever the film version of the fountainhead with gary cooper is pretty good what okay. the
0: fuck is that a real thing
3: that's a real thing oh my yeah. goodness it's pretty good because it's not um a political treatise disguised as a story hmm. it's more of a story mm-hmm. with an underlying theme it's like there's actual story here yeah, yeah. that's what you want that's who, yeah. what you want from those books so yeah, no, The Fountainhead's pretty good. Well,
0: what about uh, The Conspirator with Tom Wilkinson, Cole Meany, Justin Long, Danny Houston, Evan Rachel Wood, Kevin Kline, Robin Wright, and James McAvoy?
3: Oh, man, I wanted this to be good. because, <laughs> mm. Well, because it's it's got so many cool people. It's based on a really interesting story. It died super hard at the box office. And I was like, oh, well, I wonder why. Because, like, the reviews are... OK, but mostly like I'm so attracted to the story because it's about the Lincoln assassination, but not just, you know, the one shooting. But there was a whole conspiracy going on where they were going to also assassinate the vice president and the secretary of state. And I think they managed to stab the secretary of state and obviously they shot Lincoln. And that whole story is so fucking crazy. And everyone goes nuts because the war, civil war only ended a couple weeks ago and no one had killed a president before. And everyone goes nuts. And mostly it focuses on the legal battle M- who's Mary Surratt played by Robin Wright, who is the only woman involved. She like owned the boarding house where all the plotting was taking place. And there's a question of whether or not like she was actually in on it. It seems like her son was in on it, but maybe she wasn't. But so is she getting railroaded? Cause they, people just need justice so bad. And James McAvoy plays her attorney. Wow. That should be a good courtroom movie. Mm-hmm. It is so Slow. Mm. My God. Look, Robert Redford, I think he's kind of underrated or underrecognized as a director because yeah. he hasn't done a lot that grabbed anyone's attention for the last, like, 25 years. Mm-hmm. But he cares more about, like, the inner feelings of the characters and the actors. He's obviously an actor-director. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that works really well. Like, that puts quiz show above where you would think it, it, that story would be because the characters are so compelling. This just moves too slow mm-hmm. and even though I am I've read an entire book about this the, this story and I'm totally on board and even I was getting I was looking at my watch and then started looking at my phone I was so bored and it's such a bummer because that's a crazy fucking story right. uh, can, you, ah.
0: can you say the same thing for win-win
3: oh win-win
0: <laughs> win-win Melanie Linsky Bert Young uh, who never was uh, Jeffrey Tambor Bobby Carnival Amy Ryan and fucking Paul Giamatti just piss as hell. <laughs> win
4: win is I'm just gonna put it out put this out there, my recommend of the week. Oh shit. All right. Yeah. This movie is so sweet, so just I don't know. It's just a very sweet little uplifting. Indie story. Um, And I absolutely loved every second of it. I watched it actually on Sunday night. I was coming off kind of like a, a rough weekend, visiting family, lots of ups and downs, yada, yada. And I just wanted to watch something that I felt like was going to kind of let me just like escape any sort of turmoil. And this is such a sweet, wonderful movie. I just absolutely loved every second of it. The acting's fantastic. I love Paul Giamatti so much, but it's a story of uh, Paul Giamatti plays a, small town lawyer who is kind of struggling in his law practice. And he's also coaching high school wrestling uh, after school and they're struggling too; their team never wins. And he kind of makes a little kind of a underhanded decision to take over guardianship of one of his clients, who is an elderly man who like can kind of can't care for himself anymore. So he takes over the guardianship of that in order to get paid the $1,500 a month that get that you get paid for doing that sort of thing. And then that elderly man's grandson shows up out of nowhere and is Mm -hmm. like kicked out of his house by his mom and he has nowhere else to go. So Paul Giamatti and Amy Ryan take him in. And then it turned, he (laughs) starts getting involved with the wrestling and it is just, just a wonderful, wonderful movie. A wonderful story. Very uplifting. Really, <laughs> honey, just honey, kind you can't of, you
0: can't keep bringing home Paul Giamatti. Like, I just like- <laughs> love him so
4: much. He's so good in this role where he's just mm-hmm. kind of plays uh, a guy who's just trying to do, to, but he's trying to do his best, you mm-hmm. know. And I think that's what Paul Giamatti does the best is a guy who's just trying to do his best every at every turn.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and
4: I love Bobby Cannavale. I just love all the actors too. Like they're these are all my favorite little side side actors, character actors, Mm -hmm. I guess we're gonna call them, who show up in different things. All my favorites. They're all in one movie. I mean, (laughs) Melanie Elinsky, hello. Jeffrey Tambor is so good in this. Like Bobby Cannavale, every time he shows up in something, I
3: absolutely love it. Yeah, I I meant to go back and rewatch this. My Big thing I remembered was that this was heartwarming without getting treacly or schmaltzy. And that is really hard to pull off.
1: Mm
3: -hmm. Uh, I was really expecting this to be like a triumph of the human spirit. And then they win the big game. No, no, it's not about that at all. But I mean, Mm -hmm. it's because it's written and directed by Tom McCarthy who did like station agent Mm -hmm. and spotlight. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Two of my favorites. So yeah, there you go. Both, both Mm -hmm. recommends for me. So Yeah. I, I was so pleasantly surprised. of like, this is the kind of indie film I like the most. Me too. I it's love just it. Like, just, just an interesting character's interesting story. Let the actors do their shit. Mm-hmm. I'm happy.
0: Man, this is, this in the last two movies, again, like, we got busy. It's all my family's birthdays, like, right in a row. Mm-hmm. We all just got our vax. Get your vax, people. Marking 10 years since I have not seen the movie to one of my favorite horror trilogies that I lived through. Uh, Scream 4 is out. Rory Rory Colkin, Adam Brody, Alison Brie, Anthony Anderson. Again, Hayden Pentier, Emma Roberts, David Arquette, Courtney Cox, Nev Campbell, Scream 4. What's your favorite
1: scary movie? Someone is recreating the
0: terror.
4: Two girls killed the exact day local celebrity victim, Sydney Prescott, chose to return
1: to her (laughs) hometown.
2: Someone is rewriting the rules. The unexpected is the new cliche and virgins can die now.
1: Does that mean that I'm not going to live as long as these
2: two?
0: Someone is reinventing the game from Master of Suspense, Wes Craven.
2: Go ahead if you have the guts. Scream
0: 4. Scream Mm -hmm. 4, I started watching it too late to finish it and then I read about the who did it, which isn't ultimately that important in Scream because it gets sillier Mm -hmm. as the the series Mm -hmm. goes on. But most of the... Critics I like, are like, it's still a decent slasher film, and to have Wes Craven mm-hmm. and Kevin mm-hmm. Williamson back to write it, just it, it was a weird thing to feel nostalgia for, being like, in "Well, my...
3: yeah, this movie is very heavily nostalgic." You yeah. need to have seen Scream One and probably Scream Two or Three mm-hmm. for this to make any sense, because again, this is so postmodern. Yeah, we have the theme for the week it is so postmodern. It's yeah, because it's all about. A killer recreating the first stab movie, which remember is the movie movie inside a movie that is based on the first scream. So you need to have seen the first scream. And and the second scream. And and I asked my girlfriend
0: who has like horror movie tattoos. He's like, yeah, I saw it. And like, is that the one set at a college? Like, that's two. Oh, no, that, that that's the one set in the movie. That's three. Is this mm-hmm. the one where yeah. some, something takes place at a party? I'm like, that's one. I'm not asking you about this anymore. <laughs> uh, th- th- but she, she says she saw it in the theater. And uh, most people did, and who did, saw it the opening weekend because it did not resonate the way I think uh, <laughs> the Weinsteins would have preferred because they are still being interviewed at this point uh, mm-hmm. because we care about what people with the name Weinstein say. But, <laughs> but this underperformed, and we didn't get the follow-ups. But it sadly is the, is this the final Wes Craven movie?
3: It may be. Let yeah, me double, double check. check. I, I mean, sure it this it is weird that it is 11 years. We talked about Scream 3 mm-hmm. not too long ago, but for yeah. 2000. It's a yeah. long gap. Mm-hmm. And I think, then I mean, they I think, come back. Yeah, it is his final film. I, mm-hmm. yeah. I think part Aww. of the problem
4: too, though, is that I think in 2011, we were kind of, we were way past the novelty of like, Postmodern meta.
0: We were in the YouTube era of, of, of like film criticism, where where mm-hmm. is Scream thrived when no one was doing that. And
4: yeah, but yeah. I mean, I I but I also think too that it we were kind of past the idea of like isn't this so cool? We're like poking fun at ourselves, like maybe yeah. that's mm-hmm. not not that was not a novelty anymore. I mean, that was kind of passe, honestly. Like at this yeah. point, I think we're entering the new the new news. You sedentary. have to be the authority
0: on this because I think I was in. No, I was a teenager when the first scream came out, but like in my twenties when the third one came out, to kind of like little fanfare from me. But Hmm. you know, if you grew up seeing the trilogy in the theater a little younger, oh yeah, I I
4: loved the trilogy. Like I thought it was like the coolest thing ever. (laughs) And then in 2011, uh, okay, we like yeah. I
3: mean, it has it has some all this. Yeah. Yeah, there there is some cuteness with that. I like that they've. They've adapted it to deal with the existence of cell phones pretty well because that's so much of a problem in so many horror movies. So just call the cops! They they hint at the idea of like live streaming murders or posting them online, mm-hmm. but then they never pay off right. any of that. It
0: seems like mm-hmm. s- someone has a very light... A light uh, uh, knowledge of what social media actually is, even though that's what it's supposed mm-hmm. to be sending up, rather than like a uh, teenage phone calls in reality television, which is heavily what the first the first couple movies.
3: Yeah, uh, it, it does have a very high body count.
0: Yeah,
3: uh, well, I mean, most they people just say it's a good keep slasher. killing everybody.
1: Yeah,
3: <laughs> everybody, and I spend so much of the time just being like, "Lock your windows, you stupid bitch! What are you doing? <laughs> There's someone's coming after you. Don't." walk off and leave the door unlocked behind you no and uh it almost it could have almost been a running gag if everyone did that except nev campbell because nev campbell's character is so like i've been through this so many fucking times (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) you can't scare me anymore you motherfuckers
0: just take me i don't want to do this anymore
3: (laughs) yeah i was like i mean if if i were her i would just it'd be krav maga all day the second anyone comes at me (laughs) And and never answering my landline she
0: should be the Jamie second, Lee Curtis. Like, ah, in the, the... Scary
3: ghost face. It was like, yeah. And eh, now you, are crush windpipe. So she should be sure.
0: Jamie Lee Curtis in the most recent Halloween movie. Like uh yeah. lots of call mm-hmm. Tracy mm-hmm. recording. All right. He's in a bar over here. Or should I say, or is it a she, I don't want to ruin anything, but uh... yeah,
3: it, it's okay. It is just okay. Mm. But yeah, but you really need to know about the scream for it to make even a little bit of sense.
0: Yeah. And, and that, that, David Arquette and Courtney Cox are separated in real life, uh, but but they've been an on-screen couple who have met in the first movie, uh, and that is that is that's that's resonant that resonates on screen. I think that. I, sorry, I just saw that David Arquette documentary, and I love how much they both clearly love one
1: another, <laughs> and, and they're
0: both in the documentary together despite being divorced for almost ten years. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, they're
3: playing that they're still together in the movie, and yeah, they play off each other real well, you know. Mm-hmm. So. That's nice. I like good divorces.
0: Yeah, good divorces. Oh, me too um,
3: a conscious
4: uncoupling.
0: It's the only thing that makes me want to get married. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so we all know it's inevitable. But,
0: but more than more than anything, I wanted to see Rio, the number one movie at the box office, mm-hmm. which people like me comfortably shat on because we weren't seeing a ton of movies in theaters anyway. But this is Fox now. Di- is this Disney or is, uh, Disney owns this Disney one now? Yeah. Disney owns this. Jamie Foxx, Will I Am, Tracy Morgan, Leslie Mann. That all that all rhyme on accident. <laughs> Jake T. Austin, Jermaine Clement, George Lopez, and Hathaway, Jesse Eisenberg in Rio. From the creators of Ice
2: Age. Welcome to Rio.
0: A bird who never learned to fly will discover a place where he can soar. What
2: are you doing? I don't know. I
0: don't in Rio, the music never stops. Hey. Lie,
2: lie, 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 fly.
0: Lie, 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 fly. what you feel in here. And the comedy. Oh, hey. hey. Never ends. You did not feel it in here. (laughs)
3: Rio. Yeah, little King Kong.
0: This film is not yet rated. Mm. (laughs) Not yet. It
3: was rated R. No, it's rated G. (laughs) They even made cuts to make it from PG to G.
0: Like, they they were serious.
3: Yeah. A couple little cuts here and there. Yeah, so this is uh, another by Blue Sky Studios who did mostly the Ice Age movies. Mm -hmm. And I freaking love it. Really? Really? Yeah. This was this was a big surprise. This one where it's like I caught it just like and it was coming on once, and I was like, "eh, we'll see, whatever." I mean, like Ice Age turned out to have like some parts that I liked. Okay, fine. And I feel like they leaned into the Brazilianness so hard that, that it kind of makes up for any deficiencies. Because I mean, it's directed by a Brazilian guy. He'd been working on an idea about like an animal adventure set in Brazil for a long time. He wanted it to be about a penguin that washed up in Rio, but then Happy Feet and Surfs Up happened, and he realized, okay, penguins. There's already like a movies, lot of peng- movies. That Madagascar I should, has penguins. For yeah. my
0: background, I fucking hate. I hate a majority of non-Pixar movies uh, that I mm-hmm. had watched during this period. So I saw Rio and I was just like, ah, uh, and just and was I? Too, it was too soon, is what you're telling me, Diane.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's. Mm-hmm. One of the big things is it is incredibly colorful. It yeah. is like saturated with color where you compare it to the ice age movies, obviously not a lot of color. Yeah. I feel like they, they really went hard on the, yes, the rio of it all. And so all the characters are really colorful and they're, you know, a, a lot of it is kind of, you know, it, it's like a buddy comedy, a mismatched pair of, you know, uh, animals being smuggled. And one of them is this uh, macaw, played by Jesse Eisenberg, who's actually like a pet. And so he's not used to being out and about, and he can't fly because he's used to living in a cage, but he misses his person. And like, he's stuck with this other macaw who's <laughs> like, I hate you so much. <laughs> and, and they like run around Rio getting chased by uh, a cockatoo voice by Jermaine Clement, because that happens. The animation is really beautiful. And the music is fantastic. I love they brought in freaking Sergio Mendes with Brazil six to six. And like it it feels like it feels like you took a trip there. Mm. Like they lean on the Brazilianness so hard, kind of like how Moana leads on Polynesian-ness, of Ooh. like, I feel like I'm learning about another culture while I'm being yeah. entertained. Thanks, movie. But I feel like you're not <laughs> doing a cheap dumb version. Like you have Brazilians here and they're proud of where they come from. And it yeah, it just ended up being a lot more fun than I expected. I thought it was going to suck. I thought it was going to be dumb. And uh, I had a lot of fun.
0: Awesome. Ended up getting yeah. at least one sequel.
3: Yeah. Um, I still haven't watched the sequel.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, but the, the almost the same oh. amount of people did. I think it was just the idea that Fox couldn't really afford to make these movies on a regular basis as much as DreamWorks is the only reason we don't have more. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm saying for my, it wasn't laziness. It's been a real hard week for me. But like, I, this is where the listeners, I'd really like to hear what you guys have to say. Uh, mm-hmm. About these types of movies, living in the hype of all this, because I remember that yeah. like this invaded Angry Birds at the time, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. it was it was a huge crossover campaign. And also had my eyes rolling as a core gamer and a traditional animation fan.
3: Yeah, yeah, and that's fair. Sometimes you have to. Put aside all the ancillary hype sure. and just look at a movie. And that's 10 years after is a really good time to do that. Yeah. Because that's gone. Mm-hmm. We don't have mm-hmm. to think about mm-hmm. seeing ads for it or any or our nieces and nephews running amok with their screaming with their Happy Meal toys or whatever. Just just watch the movie. And I didn't realize Jesse Eisenberg did the voice work on weekends while filming Social Network. Wow. Which oh, I wow. feel like gets... He gets extra credit for being able to flop back and forth on very different characters. That's some real code switching right there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, I cannot play a sociopath for an hour? Thank God.
3: Mm. Yeah. I have to just be an, a nervous bird? <laughs> okay. Well, I, can do, I can do nervous
4: bird. I feel like there's more similarities there than we think. are
0: <laughs> <laughs> never going to get our Facebook sponsorship if I keep talking all Mark this Su- shit.
3: <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg also could not survive in the jungle. So <laughs> May. Also, can't fly, but maybe we should try. Mm. Okay. Is, it, is this on Disney Plus? Yeah.
0: It is on Disney Plus.
3: I think yeah. we have, yeah, another, another theme for the week. Diana is pleasantly surprised. Oh, neat. <laughs> yeah, real. <laughs> yeah, I expected very little. Loved it.
0: Fuck yeah, fuck yeah. Um, and moving into television uh, to round out the show, Saturday Night Live, uh, musical guest of Foo Fighters with your host, Helen Mirren. Wow. oh I... Sad I missed out on because yeah. they usually don't get that old as a host. I know Betty White's always going to have the record.
4: Well, of course. Yeah, I pulled a little clip from a, a sketch involving their take on Fox and Friends, which always makes me laugh. They are so good at sending those idiots up. Like, I absolutely love it. But, so I pulled a little clip from their Fox and Friends segment where Helen Mirren is playing a, a character that they're corresponding with. And her American accent is so bad. Like, <laughs> y'all, we all love Helen Mirren, but she cannot play an American.
0: I'm happy to find there's something that she can't do.
4: hmm
2: right, exactly. <laughs> Joining us now, she's the president of the Eagle Claw Militia and Fireworks Emporium in Yuma, Arizona. Please welcome Sandy Blunt. Proud to be here. <laughs> Proud to be an American. So what's new
1: in the border war, Sandy? Well, you know... We all know about the dangers of anchor babies. Mm. 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 Anchor
4: babies, of course, being illegal immigrants coming to America
0: who have their babies on our soil, making them U.S. citizens. Oh,
2: so, so scary. So scary. Whoa. So scary! Well,
0: now there is a new threat on our doorstep.
1: Mexicans are kidnapping pregnant American women and taking them to Mexico. Then, when the women give birth, their beautiful
2: babies will be... I'm sorry, Mexicans.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so you're saying reverse anchor babies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my God. Bobby Moynihan's face should be a reaction gift. Oh my God, so
4: good. But also, reverse anchor babies, wouldn't that be hot air balloon babies?
0: Yeah, those would be traversal babies. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, now it's got dual citizenship.
4: <laughs> yeah, and this... but uh, Helen Mirren, we found something she can't do.
0: An American wow. accent. We, we found something Fox News can do. Get worse. Uh, I, I, I'm sure this is based on something they were actually talking about. They were probably freaking out huh? about anchor babies, like true mm-hmm. white supremacists. Um, and Just...
4: Just the sentence freaking out about babies yeah. is so <laughs> weird. <laughs> like, really?
0: <laughs> oh, they're so plentiful. We can make so many. Yeah, um,
4: so strange. Oh, okay. but you don't want to give
0: any money. Okay, no money for the babies, but you love them. Just not money. Love them. Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, not free healthcare. Not free healthcare. Love got them got it. when
4: they're on the inside, right? right not right, on right, the outside. Right,
0: right. On on four ten, oh, so close. Uh, Chloe and Lamar debuts. I don't know mm-hmm. what Chloe and Lamar is.
4: Well, this is a spin-off of the Kardashians, oh, uh, God. with Chloe Kardashian and her new husband, Lamar Odom. Um, it kind of follows their marriage. It was on for two seasons. I feel like I am correct me if I'm wrong, the Kardashian expert in this group. I mean nope. by yes. default, yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can't I,
3: I don't know how many I Kardashians are. I thought there the other guy was that,
0: yes. dead. Didn't he die in like a whorehouse? That's the last I've ever heard of that dude. What?
3: Okay. No, Lamar Odom though <laughs> did
4: have his troubles uh, mm-hmm. for sure, involving drugs and extramarital issues and the whatnot. This was a this is one of the many many spinoffs of the Kardashians, and I did not watch. I came to the Kardashians late, like in the past couple mm-hmm. of years. I just started right examining them as a cultural influence, and uh, look, I could talk about them forever because I find it extremely fascinating i did not watch this spinoff but if you look at their wikipedia for this show and kind of like read the descriptions of all the episodes (laughs) you can really see like especially in the lens of 10 years later how so orchestrated their quote-unquote reality is it's very Mm -hmm. interesting yeah
0: so we're so we're off on another adventure this week on our reality show about our lives. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. you're circus members at <laughs> <all> these <laughs> dumb reality shows. Um but also a, a show I've heard nothing but good things about. That cannot be difficult to track down at this point. Uh, Hulu
3: and HBO. I was just double-checking because this is another one that, yep, everyone I know has told me to watch it, and I slept on it, and now I will atone. And on DVD in my house.
0: It was not on Hulu or HBO or Netflix at the time. Like It was like Mm -hmm. you had to catch this on whatever fucking awful network it was on.
3: But Uh, now it is, and I will atone.
0: Yeah, I'll watch it tonight.
3: Look, y'all, we're talking about happy endings. Mm -hmm. This... So I was kind of on board from
4: almost the beginning and let me say the reason why I did not grab a clip from a promo for the first episode or a clip from the first episode is because I did watch the first episode right when it came on and it kind of turned me off a little bit. It mm. was a little too piloty, like mm-hmm. so much to set up and there was a lot going on and I didn't like it what I saw and so I just kind of held off on it but then I came back to it again before the end of the season and I was so happy I did because I truly feel like this is what One of the best sitcoms of the 2000s that nobody has given it its due, honestly. And, I mean, it did have three seasons, which is a pretty good run for a situation comedy. A a struggling sitcom, Um, yeah. Yeah, but it was struggling the entire time. Mm -hmm. And Mm. it is... It's so funny. It's just the story of six friends living in Chicago and but it's given me like some of my favorite comedic actors that I look in like I look for them in every other thing. Like if I see them in this thing I'm like, "Oh, I know I'm going to like it." Because it, it's Damon <laughs> Wayans Jr., who's fantastic. Eliza yeah. Coop, Alicia Cuthbert, who I had not seen really since
0: she was attacked by a cougar in 24. Yeah, 24, I think, was, like, the last time I really
4: thought about her. And she's actually a really great comedic actress. Zachary Knighton. And then two of my favorite comedic people. I love them on every podcast they're on. I love them on everything that they do. Adam Pally and Casey Wilson. Mm. Like They are two of my favorite funny people out right now. They're just – I don't know. They're the realist. I love them so much. Casey Wilson has her own podcast called Bitch Sesh, which I listen to every week. I absolutely love it. This show was created by David Casp, who is her husband. <laughs> and it is just such a sweet story of six friends and they're like adventures. And it, I don't know, they get into hijinks that are believable. Like so often when you're watching situation comedies and it's like a huge group of friends, they get into these hijinks that's like, this will never happen but they their hijinks are actually a little bit more believable than i think what we're used to Hmm. and one of my favorite things is that they all seem to actually like each other like friends is kind (laughs) of the bar that we measure or most people measure these like friends sitcoms huge group of friends sitcoms again the
0: six the six people Mm -hmm. guy and a girl Equal ratio. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. But a lot of times if you actually break down those episodes, they're kind of mean to each other, Mm. especially the couples who are romantically linked. But Mm. in Happy Endings, like you can actually see that they actually – the way it's written, they actually like each other. The couples who are together actually like each other and are attracted to each other. It's a really sweet depiction of friendship, which y'all know I love. Mm, uh, you are obsessed with friendship. <laughs> I yeah. think it's um, very important. Something that is, should be explored more. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I did not pull uh, anything from the pilot, like I said. I found it a little bit lacking. But don't you worry because we will be talking about happy endings again because I will be talking about my favorite episodes and pulling clips because the writing is spectacular. There you go. Dang.
3: I'm just I'm looking at the pedigree on this thing and it's like, mm-hmm. holy cow. I mean, executive producers, one of is Jonathan Groff, who is Blackish and all the other black shows. The freaking Russo brothers are executive producers mm-hmm. on this. <laughs> Music's by Ludwig Goranson, who started on <laughs> freaking Community and is now an amazing composer. Dang. OK. All right. This is yep. for I, real. I, I have this is one I've been meaning to get to for yeah, so too. long. So you will not regret right. it. I will not regret it. I yeah. I'm gonna binge a couple. All Yay! Right. Now, especially it helps to know because there's a lot of shows where the pilot is just setting yeah. the table, but it's not that good, and it's like mm-hmm. two or three episodes in, then it finally gets moving. Mm-hmm. So this it, one picks a- up right after the pilot. I mean, the
4: pilot. I went back and revisited the pilot. It is good, yeah. but it's I mean, not as good as the I whole mean, rest most of the rest. don't, so don't judge it by that.
0: most shows. Don't introduce like six main characters. It's not an easy feat.
4: It's hard, yeah. and also to. Adam Pally plays a gay man, (laughs) a gay man archetype that I had not ever seen before in media. But I had definitely seen a lot in my personal life and Mm -hmm. with my some of my best friends. And that is the gay man who is not the like
0: clean. (laughs) Yeah,
4: super like persnickety, clean cut, like obsessed with Mm -hmm. like, you know, you're like, you know, the Will and Grace gays. Mm. That's not the type of gay man right. that is being depicted here. And I absolutely love that depiction like yeah. in happy endings. I didn't work in the games realistic.
0: industry to meet any of those. And <laughs>
4: yeah. I have tons of friends who are much more the Adam Pally archetype. Too. And I'm into it. Mm-hmm. Love it.
0: Me too. On the 14th, we also have an episode of The Office Training Day. Steve Carell's left the office?
4: No, he actually... So Steve Carell hasn't left the office at this point, but he has announced his departure.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: And he is on his way out. And so this is the episode where he meets the person who may overlap. be taking his place. God. Okay. And, and he's trying to train him. And it is a huge guest star. I think one that was kind of surprising for a lot of people. It is. The because, office. I, I,
0: because of you guys a couple weeks ago, we finished all of 30 Rock. And one of my favorites, if I had to make a category, one of my favorite guest stars, it's Will Ferrell because mm-hmm. he's in a lot of Last Man on Earth and Thirty Rock, mm-hmm. but he doesn't talk. He's he, like he's, the
3: Last Man on Earth. I don't think he gets a single line. He doesn't Isn't get a he line. Just immediately get killed. He
0: gets murdered, but he's also like <laughs> the guy who plays Bitch Hunter on on Thirty Rock. And they, whenever they want to make fun of interstitial ads, he just comes up and does kung fu and just says Bitch Hunter, and it's Will Ferrell and his. Mm-hmm. It, just to show him to show up and like seriously commit to a role was weird because he just didn't really do that. But for his old buddy, Steve Carell, and I guess that office money came, I was trying to figure out his name. I'm like, I remember he had the weirdest name ever for a white dude. And Sarah's like, D'Angelo. D'Angelo. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. the
0: one. D'Angelo. D'Angelo.
4: <laughs> and so the opening scene to this episode is so good because it's Steve Carell going to a hotel bar to meet his replacement, mm-hmm. Will Farrell, And, they don't know that they're who they're supposed to meet. And so this is just their conversation at the bar. And you, you kind of see like, Oh shit, this is what we're getting ourselves into.
0: Right. And they were sort of giving, a, um, maybe I think unsuspecting viewers like Steve Krill is leaving, but Will Ferrell is the exact same and he's coming in and he's going to replace him. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. instead of what eventually happens.
2: Caloo sombrero, please. All right. So just <laughs> Actually, I am good. meeting somebody, but I'm a little bit early. <laughs> leaving my company after 19 years.
0: I'll drink to that. I'm starting at a company this week. Oh, really? To beginnings and endings.
2: And to middles, the unsung heroes, and to moms.
0: The moms of the troops.
2: Mm. Do not tell my fiance I'm drinking on a Wednesday. Uh, I won't. <laughs> I don't know her. Moving out to the Burbs. <laughs> Actually, I'm moving further than the Burbs. Moving to Colorado. Colorado? Yeah. Sunshine State. Yep. That's the Colorado. No. Doing some skiing? No, no. I don't want to end up like Sunny Bobo. Well, that's just that's just good sense right there. Yeah. Everyone I know who skis is dead. You know what? I would like to try the luge though. Try it once, you're hooked. That's my guess. That's what I've heard. I'm an Olympics nut. <laughs> oh yeah, me too. Summer, or winter. Summer. Summer. Oh, knuckle. Actually, I gotta come around to give yeah. you.
0: Come on. You know what? <laughs> I, I I don't it's, have Peacock, but I have Comedy Central still for the moment, and I heard him say Sonny Bobo like while washing dishes the other day and almost <laughs> dropped everything. I don't know why that made me laugh so much. Sonny Bobo.
4: It's Ugh. so funny, and it's so good, and I love that they gave us this, because it's like, oh, look, Michael Scott is going to be replaced by another Michael Scott, and they're basically trying to out Michael Scott each other like in this scene, <laughs> which is so perfect, and then But that's not actually what ends up happening because, of course, Michael Scott can never be replaced. Steve Carell could never be replaced. Instead, they went to a different direction.
0: I I never found this arc terribly satisfying, but I'll give them credit for not being what I expected because the breakdown of D'Angelo is just like it's not – Pal- very palatable <laughs> it's not something that i look forward to watching i'd rather see idris elba, elba or robert california on the show but will ferrell's oh, character robert
4: california mm. yeah. <laughs> can't wait to talk about that but yeah uh just a great and also i cut it off right before we got to this point in the clip but there there is a very funny who's on first situation where they are both <laughs> calling each other and not realizing they're calling each other and seeing who's at the hotel wait well i'm trying to meet you i'm trying to meet you Hold on, I'm on the phone with someone. It's just perfect. <laughs> it's just a perfect. It's two of like the best, our best comic actors acting off of each other. And it's just
0: a wonderful thing and to I watch. Also, just the pandemic, right before the pandemic hits, I had two interactions like this where people like, I think we should be best friends. But I'd never <laughs> like I gotta see them in public again before and then that never happened again. So I'm I'm waiting. Brian and Joe. Let's see if it works. Let's <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if it works. But then, then, fancy party, an episode of Parks and Rec on the same evening. Yeah, fancy party. I just,
4: I just wanted to make a note of this because this is a uh, a big milestone in Parks and Rec. This is where Andy and April get married. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but happens. they do it by tricking everyone, saying like, "Hey, you're coming to a a dinner party at our house," and then it turns into a surprise wedding, yes. which I always thought was a great way to get married.
0: Yeah, yeah especially just, without your parents.
4: Surprise! It's a wedding. Mm-hmm. I love
0: that. Something you missed from last week uh, for books, Bossy Pants by Tina Fey, which is a book I like quite a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't pick it up and read it as often as I like, but every time I move it, I look at the cover and I'm just like, God, in the back of the book is like a cover, <laughs> a quote from Tina Fey's dad. Like, that's not the cover, is it? And <laughs> <laughs> Bossy Pants is great.
4: It's so good.
0: Games of 2011. Uh, there are very, very, very many to mention, including Rabbids Travel in Time in 3D for what system? The 3DS, because it's new. And SpongeBob Squiggle Pants, the fourth game for you draw The failed tablet for Wii uh, we'll talk about it more on patreon.com slash laser 10. Tom Clancy, Splinter Cell Chaos Area for 3DS. Limbo comes to Xbox 360. I know we talked about this last year. It's weirdly one of the games I own the most systems, but coming to Xbox 360 introduced... This game, slash it helped usher in downloadable and indie games to a new generation that wasn't PC players. Um, it is a significant date for Limbo, because I think everyone I know has played it. Divinity 2, The Dragon Knight Saga. Lego Battles Ninjago. That is exclusively your territory, uh, Millennials. I have no information on Ninjago. <laughs> Michael Jackson, The Experience, a Ubisoft game.
3: Yikes. I... Mm. I
0: yeah, this is one of those what things. What
3: experience?
0: Uh, I think it's the experience i locked of...
3: myself in the bathroom, and I'm looking for a phone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I believe it is the exp... the worst joke I was going to make was that it's the experience of Michael Jackson dying, and you forget about what he did. And then they put out a movie and a video game about him. And uh, Might and Magic, Clash of Heroes, Patapon 3 is out, great game. Rio is out for every- And World of Tanks, if you've been laughing at our shows for a long time, you've probably been laughing at our- biggest sponsor ever world of tanks so it's <laughs> 10 years still going world of tanks baby and that is about it for the show but please stay right there because we're going to tell you who lived and died during this period of 30 2010 but before let us get out some some pluggery like laser times erotic thrillers episode or the dan bonus time to the thirty twenty ten 2010 games episode coming up with our buddy chris baker um as soon as we can get it out die where can people find you
3: They can find me on Twitter at listeningnerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or follow the show at 302010podcast, 302010podcast. And teasing next week, Tom Green is going to make a movie. (laughs) And it is going to break a
0: lot of film critics. Daddy, would you like some sausages? That's not how the line goes, but uh, I've seen it many times, including day one. And it was, Mm. oh, oh, I cannot wait cannot wait Mm -hmm. as i try and transition into who died during this period that was a terrible transition really was Mm -hmm. Uh, we
3: have a lot of deaths wow yeah this is uh it seems to alternate between just a ton of people and like nobody Mm -hmm. but a ton of people this week in 1991 we lost kevin peter hall who's the guy in the suit in harry and the hendersons and predator he was only 35 it's
1: insane fortunately
3: that that was aids yeah yeah Mm -hmm. one i just found out about the other day the last automat in america 30 years ago it was in new york now it's a gap i looked it up an automat is the way of the future it was it's a a Coin operated wa- a wall of little coin slots with fresh food in them because there's like a kitchen behind it. Yep. And yeah. You put in thirty cents and you can like grab the thing of fries. A
0: ton of Bugs Bunny cartoons based on getting the right thing out of there to throw in someone's face.
4: I'm yeah. so mm-hmm. sad that I never got to experience it because I read about it so much in the mixed up files of Mrs. Basil E. Frankweiler. They <laughs> go to the automat a lot, and I never could like understand exactly what that was supposed to be. <laughs> Now I'm sad. I'll never get to experience Me
0: too. it. Especially like yeah. now with fast food becoming slower than ever. I had a McDonald's delivery that took 90 minutes from, uh, from half a mile up the road. Uh, oh, honey, why yeah, can yeah. I just not put a nickel? in the drive-through. I, I was on a walk with my dog. I thought it would be the fastest way to do that. I want to get my two miles in. And it was, it was 11 o'clock at night and there's, you don't have a lot of options then it yeah, we right. should, we should do mm-hmm. like, uh, have you seen all the way your fat? your like those awful 24 hour places have disguised their names. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like the Burger Den is Denny's and Hootie's Hootie's Wings is Hooters. And the best one is Mr. Pasquale's Pizza is Chuck E. Cheese. All these places that you would never get their shitty food delivered to your house have changed their names on DoorDash and Uber Eats. So when you you try and order after 10 o'clock, like, what the fuck is this? Cosmo Cheetos Wings? It's just Applebee's. They've just given themselves an alternate listing because they know most people would not order from Applebee's uh, who are using apps. Don't look at me like I'm wow. crazy. The rest of the world knows all about this. Try it, try it right when we're done. I swear you'll see what I'm talking about. Mm, it, pass. It, but just see that they exist. I didn't know Denny's had in it with the burger den. It makes me sad. I don't know what's sadder, the fact that I know exactly what burgers these are. And <laughs> <laughs> these are Denny's burgers, you liars. And I know a new restaurant didn't open up. Anyway, deaths.
3: I still have a bunch of deaths. Come on, let's talk about Death. sad things in the past instead of weird things in the present. Oh. Uh, in 2001, we lost Harvey Bell, the designer of the smiley face. He was 79. He designed yeah, it for an insurance company for 45. dollars It wasn't Forrest Gump.
0: I saw the movie. It wasn't Gump. I saw him do it.
3: Well, maybe that was Harvey Bell that he was talking to. Oh. Hmm. Oh. Ah, and then oh, this one it it hit the punks hard though. Joey Ramone died. He was 49.
0: Oh, don't we have like one Ramone left?
3: I I think we might actually be out of Ramones now. That's so crazy, but I know. But well they were weird for Banan that their drummer was the last man standing instead yeah. of the first one to go. Hmm. Usually a drummer dies first. That's just how it
0: goes. Unbelievable. And it was a lot of cancer too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was mm. cancer.
3: Well, I mean they smoked like chimneys and they ate terribly and they drank a lot and I, know, I mean 50. 50. Still almost made it to 50. Uh-huh. And then in 2011, I am not done. <laughs> in 2011, <laughs> We lost Jerry Lawson, who is the father of modern gaming. He led the team that designed the Fairchild Channel F, the first game cartridge system before Atari 2600.
0: Hmm. and He never never gets any credit. And there's like one picture of that guy, but he's a black dude. The black dude created the first cartridge based system in the universe. And there's a couple of good recent documentaries about him.
3: Oh, that's and, cool. Uh, we also lost Arthur Marx, who was a writer and also the son of Groucho. He was 89. If you want to know how long ago the Marx brothers were. <laughs> yeah.
2: Son Their of kids Groucho were d-
3: 90, 10 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, the one that probably hurts me the most. So Sidney Lumet was yeah. 86. We lost him in 2011. Do yourself a favor. I don't know why, but I've heard a lot of people talking about Dog Day Afternoon lately. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I believe we- it's on HBO. Mm-hmm. Fucking go watch some Sidney Lumet movies, man. Dog Day is kind of perfect
0: yeah it's and it's a perfect Pacino movie when he didn't exclusively yell and when he did it meant something uh yep. this movie's great. I, and if you've never seen yeah. the documentary about the guy it's based on, that's even funnier. Mm-hmm. Uh, holy lord. Yep.
3: Yeah, and you know what's crazy is it's a movie from the seventies with a trans character who's treated with respect. Yep. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's Wild. mind-blowing.
3: Mm-hmm. Wild. We're still working on that. No, only, only and it's Chris Sarandon. <laughs> so uh, Prince Humperdinck.
0: Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, with that out of the way, bad bu-
3: bu- bu- days.
0: Oh, birthday is a doodly do, A ding-dong doodly doodly ding-dong do. Oh,
3: oh, oh, she almost made it to hundred and five. I was gonna say happy birthday to Beverly Cleary, but she just passed away. Oh, what my heart yeah. Oh, Ramona was a
4: huge, huge
1: Seriously. influence
4: in my life. Yeah. Not because I was not a Ramona. I was mm-hmm. a very, very good kid, but you I lived my I lived my life through Ramona. Yeah.
3: I was mm-hmm. She got up into the trouble that I couldn't. I empathized with Ramona. I did a lot of stupid things sometimes. And then afterwards, I was like, I don't know why I did that. Anyway, our actual birthday quiz. Turn in 75 this week. Born April 12th, 1946 in Youngstown, Ohio. Dad worked in a steel mill. Uh, He got out of town on a football scholarship. He was unsigned as a free agent with the Steelers, but cut in basic training because he was competing against Mean Joe Green for the defensive lineman position.
0: I'm going to just way out.
3: Costner. No. Way
0: okay. out of left field <laughs> and way younger, Casper Van Dien. No. <laughs> and, okay.
3: Casper Van Dien probably wasn't born yet with what, Mean Joe Green. What
0: was, the, what was the year? I didn't hear the year.
3: 46. 40 he's 75. Six. Uh, He took up acting, played a boxer on Broadway opposite Danny Aiello, and his Big Break was supposed to be a TV show based on The French Connection, but the pilot aired as a TV movie instead and failed.
0: Is it Ed Harris? No. Okay. Damn it, I should know this French Connection thing.
3: John Milius introduced him to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and he studied it for like 30 years. Uh, Martin Sheen? No. No, that's a fair guess, though. (sighs) Okay. Things of his that we have talked about. None of these are very helpful, but maybe they'll spark something. Disorganized crime, canine, and adventures of Ford Fairlane. Uh,
0: Gilbert Godfrey. I, uh, <laughs> uh, see.
3: I was once training with Mean Joe Green. It all begins with the Jenga. You gotta move.
1: To
0: I think he's in that Ford Fairlane.
3: I think it might be. All right. Also, sibling rivalry, pre-Fontaine, and the Spanish prisoner.
0: I really mm-hmm. like Fontaine too. The Spanish prisoner, Steve Martin. No, no. Um,
3: I'd love to see him play football. Joe Montaigne. Nope. Oh, That's not a bad. Not bad guessing. Damn. The Bone Collector, lucky numbers, and four episodes on The West Wing as the governor of Pennsylvania. That's
0: not fair. That's not I fair. I threw that in
3: to help Sarah because I think she's at a disadvantage here. Fuck.
0: Language. She should be disqualified. I didn't curse during this whole time. <laughs> this is where all the kids listen.
3: How about Bone uh, Collector? He's John Goodman. Two popular sitcoms combined twenty one seasons. One of them is Modern Family. Uh, Ed O'Neill. Oh, oh, Ed O'Neill. Yeah, said O'Neill. The other one's married yeah. with children. Woo!
0: <laughs> yep, and now I know he
3: could kick all our asses at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So. What?
0: Yes. Oh, you wonder how he got Sofia Vergara, but there it is. Yeah, they're <laughs> probably in the same Jiu-Jitsu class.
3: No,
4: you know what? I don't wonder. There's a certain charm there.
0: Yeah, I suppose. I get it.
4: I
3: get it.
0: it gives us old men something to think about. Uh, uh. What are we closing out with here?
3: I was going to give you the choice. I was going to close out with the Foo Fighters song, Walk, because it's fun. And it's got a video based on falling down, which is pretty fun to watch Dave Grohl uh, <laughs> walk around and freak out. But also, that. so the music from Rio is really good samba music. So we could throw go that one out as
0: well. Go Rio. It's the one I feel the, the most bad about not having seen during this episode. It's worth
3: watching. Yep. Watch. Even for grown-ups, I liked it. Yeah. So let's go out with some Sergio Mendes.
0: Uh, patreon.com slash laser time tell a friend about the show thank you guys so much for listening we will see you next week peace
1: yeah. Yeah.